The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered. Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it. Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five. Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side. It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning. It's Rich, and I'm here with James. It's time to listen to One Nation. We got a this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Taking L's. What's up, everybody? Welcome to One Nation Radio, the March 3rd edition. I am your host, Rich Ladder. Of course, my co-host, James Boy. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Uh, just uh, end up lying to the people. I was false advertising, apparently. So Yeah, bait and switch at the last minute. So Yeah, bait and switch. That's what it was. <laughs> so uh, let them know, know, know the deal, James. Yeah, uh, so it was a scramble or whatever else, like... Uh, uh, basically, long story short, we had Caleb on commentary, or not on commentary, my God, um, doing co-hosting duties with me for NXT, then now forever. But we had a lot of audio t- audio difficulties, so we couldn't make that happen. Um, so, um, I didn't, on the end of the show, me and Rich will run down um, what uh, uh, more or less what we were going to do on um, NXT, then, for, then now forever. So, um, this is going to be a make good. So that way I don't have to do two shows this week to try to fit into one and then be off schedule or anything like that. So right. uh, we'll do this. Uh, we'll make references to if you missed the first episode to go to this particular episode um, in the future and we'll go from there. Bingo. So, um, yeah, we got some stuff to talk about. Kind of a light news week in the world of professional wrestling. But we I th- we're going to start the show with about the lamest thing I can you know, possibly think of, um, a Twitter war. <laughs> so Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch have, uh, turned the heat up to 10 essentially on their, you know, feud here to, on the road to WrestleMania. Becky Lynch is just flat out owned Ronda at every turn and has Ronda like breaking kayfabe and, um, supposedly it's all like this big, like grand master plan where, where Ronda's using Twitter, like in a, in a way that's, you know, miles ahead, like the Golden State Warriors, light years ahead, James. But 
I'm not seeing it. Um, so did did you follow along with this uh with this Twitter war? Unfortunately, because she's so stupid. Um. Okay, so to be fair to Rhonda, I want to say a week or two or three ago, she had she had a good uh one for Becky where she pointed out she took a picture of Becky's uh bad tracks and braids from like uh like January that she was had going on with her and. Where you can see the exposed track, um, and you and she was like, "I can't keep track of what your of what your story is," and I was like, "That's good," but they ain't gonna give you credit because like, everyone wants to love Becky. That was a good one though. But and, and, and also like the I hate Becky Lynch people out there, they were on that first. So, oh okay, well of course they are because they yeah. hate Becky Lynch. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, but but moving on from there, uh, yeah. This whole thing where she says that your arm bar is fake and everything and like one I mean I'm not a I'm not look, I watch him I watch uh I'm a casual viewer of MMA and UFC, so I really can't tell you exactly what um can and cannot what is or isn't a, a move that you can actually pull off on a you know, another professional fighter. Uh, but I do know that if you yank back on it, if you yank back on somebody from that angle, like you would fuck them up. Um, granted, a person probably escape out of that or roll out or whatever else. Um, but whatever. Um, two, you laid in the fucking thing and sold. <laughs> yeah. Like you let, like the person in that picture is you. So like you're acknowledging that you're saying it's fake, even though, so you laid down to be put in the fake hold and then the whole thing about, like, like before it was fake, and I'm really want to hurt you, like, and, and all this stuff. It's like, okay, that like, so for me, it's like, so it's not even they're doing a work shoot because, like, like they're doing a shot work shoot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's like this is the dumbest shit ever. Like, it, it, it was almost like, do you remember when J- uh, Jim Cornette was talking about, um. When he talked about the screw job, the Montreal screw job, and talked about how um, when everybody was coming up on how to come up with you know all the finishes. ways to try to get away get, to get Brett to come off the belt, and you know he's he's a, he's more or less kind of he or he may have been the first person to suggest you know a double cross and yeah, fuck it, just double cross him. And, and yeah, Vince yeah, Russo yeah. had Since, no Sam idea. Yeah. Right, right, right. And Russo didn't know, and then he went on to do it. You know, went on to think about Russo for a split second. But yeah, he um. He mentioned that, fuck him. He doesn't want to do business. Screw him. And then, like, what's he going to do? Run to, run off to the papers? And be like, <laughs> and, then he, and, then, and then, like, he says, and then he actually did go to the papers. And he said, I love you, Brett, but you didn't, like, but you didn't go on the papers. You, he said, you went to the papers and talked about the time you got screwed. What about, like, the times, like, you know, you didn't go on the talking about like, the other times you want to belt some people put you over, right? Mm-hmm. So, basically, what... What she's doing is saying that, like, yeah, like this shit here was I did before that was fake. Now I'm serious. And yeah, like, yeah. Why and and, and all, look, and all the mother ass women's I've been taking uh, this whole year when selling for Alexa Bliss and, and Nikki Bella and, and Sasha Banks, all that shit's work too. By the way, but the, but the thing <laughs> for me is the reason why certain acts in WWE. Over the last, I don't know, let's say since since the Austin handshake, right? 
the reason why certain acts work or certain angles work is because either A, they were executed very well or smartly booked, or B, and similar to, and I'll bring up Brock Lesnar. There was an element of something that you could believe in or CM, or CM Punk with his contract running out, right? Or Daniel Bryan and the company doesn't really believe in him and we'll make that the storyline. So there's some element of truth and all of the bullshit for you to actually like buy into. And I guess that's what they were going for. But when you do that, but for me, it's like once. Like, I don't really care that Ronda Rousey can like snap her fingers and, and, and rip Becky Lynch in half. Like I don't care about that. I don't care about it. I don't care about the Brock Lesnar either, right? Like, that's re- like, like, I don't know. Nobody, like, I, I'm, hearing, I'm, hearing, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people say like that's supposed to be some type of emotional pressure point for people that are supporting Becky Lynch or something like that. And it's like, no, the the whole deal like that this comes off for is like, oh, we're doing all this, so Ronda isn't going to actually lose at WrestleMania. Like, yeah. Well, the thing for me is like. Maybe that maybe that's the case. The problem is you've positioned Ronda or you you try to position Ronda to not be the heel, right? Oh yeah. You've yeah, yeah, to, yeah, I'll get, you've I'll get to all that this, too. It, let's say that is the logic, right? And they're trying to make you know, the thing is like, well, you know you can really beat me in a fight. Which is like, okay, so not only are you gonna do that, you're also gonna do that with like Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. Like so it's like, okay, so so like all the all the stuff we're doing between Kofi Mania and Becky Mania and and now like and both man like everything is like we're all doing multiple storylines of the same shit on that across across. Like great, thanks. How awesome. Anyway, but besides that point, it's like if that is the line you want to go down of saying like we're gonna piss poke the people by saying that yeah, you you know you know in real life, Becky couldn't withstand the chance with this fucking um, Olympic level j- judoka. Like, okay, like that doesn't bother me because I also like Becky too. I also like I like all three of them that are involved in this situation. But for me, it's like it's like I we don't, don't care really, about that. Like, and and it's like in this fake world where where we're actually like judging this shit. Like, in segment to segment. Ronda's getting washed every week <laughs> consistently. Like yeah, by but, and, and, she, yeah. and like Becky's just like on a level that's that that few wrestlers reach. Like that's what we're what we we care about. And it's like I don't know if they're trying to like divert the attention, but as you mentioned, the whole thing is funny when Ronda is being pushed on television as is, you know, we're not going to we're going to bend over backwards and make sure that uh we don't get her booed she's gonna lay the belt in front of stephanie heroically and you know for the right thing to quote unquote happen and all this stuff it's just they've taken this thing and gone so far into another direction from when the you know the day after or at the night of evolution when they're you know champ versus champ and it's like yo some some might be happening here and then you know the the whole thing where they uh, had the blood the the week before Survivor Series. It's never been on that. Lo- and then you know the face to face. Everything they've tried to do to try to you know spice this thing up. Otherwise, is just it. It seems like they they're taking it from where it was at a ten, and then you don't ever like see no ten because you know that's some like once in a lifetime shit. And you're just either making it just all right or just simply good. And it's like when when I know what the potential is. 
it seems like they're they're putting shit in the, like they're muddying up the waters with all this shit. Well, see, my thing is right. I don't know how much of that to blame is the fact that like it's a throwaway right now, or is headed towards a throwaway, or how much of it's to blame is that they decided to throw in this wrinkle of Becky is just doesn't wrestle anymore yeah, because that's... she's injured. Like if she was still out here, I feel like it might be it might not be the same thing if she wasn't like literally on raw and attack she's smacked down but she's on raw and then like this it's it's so weird that it is. like they gave her this injury and then they like decided to make sure she's never on smackdown again and then like they also like they never want you to see oscar ever again to remind you that oh yeah she beat her mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then they've done all what they've done and like it's not bad but it's not necessarily the best thing ever for the main event uh feud of wrestlemania uh, granted, there's been plenty that have been, they've done a lot, or there have been plenty of WrestleMania main event bills that have been worse than this. Oh, yeah. So I'm not really, so I'm not really like, I'm not, I don't really feel some type of way about it. Like, oh my God, this is a disaster. Cause it's absolutely not. Um, but for me, it's kind of like, in regards to the Twitter thing, this was kind of like, who is this? Okay. I I'm trying over? to understand. This is like when I talk about like the sports entertainment aspect and Vince's vision of what wrestling is, and then people defending. It's like, okay, I do like some of the stupid comedy they do sometimes a lot a, a few times with uh, with people, and and then then like they, their love of seeing people dance. This look, the man's love they ask them dancing, right? I'm I'm in pies in the face and people getting food fights and other shit. Like, I enjoy some of that stuff from time to time. Getting doo-doo but, dropped on them. Oh, I, don't, I don't do that. That's that's <laughs> that's that's beyond the pale. Um, but, so I so I understand why, like, you know, people or whatever else. But for me, I kind of see it as, all right, if this, doesn't, if this doesn't, if this did not work, then who are you doing it for? Right? And I don't know who the fuck is this supposed to attract. Like, if you're not watching WWE, um, you, or you're a person that that, um, that knows of Ronda Rousey, and you hear about his Twitter beef, but you have no intent, but you have you're not a wrestling fan, or have no history of wrestling, or or a casual fan, or whatever else, you see this, and you're like, okay, so she's been fake fighting, and now she's saying that the fight she was in before was fake, but this time she's really gonna break her up, like. Do you really? How many people do you really think are on the sign and saying she might actually shoot on this woman? I don't. I don't find anybody that would be casual fan that will buy that off Twitter anyway. Then, because like that doesn't even work. Like saying you're gonna beat somebody's beat the hell out of, out of somebody like, for UFC fights that doesn't really draw like that. Everybody everybody does face to face say they're gonna beat somebody's ass. Like normally it's something it's a, something else besides just that. Then, you know, it's charisma. Like, it, it's like a really good story. It's yeah. you know then, a once in a lifetime appeal. Or really legitimate or legitimate heated rivals. All right. Um. So then, then from the other side of you're a wrestling fan and you're hearing it like you watch WWE's product and they beat you over the head all the fucking time that something's fake and then they finally have something that make it can get you to suspend disbelief for half a second. Like even the Batista thing just the other night, right? Um, because the angle was so good and came out of nowhere, it's like, oh, that's immediately like grabbing, right? That's a, it's alluring to you. And then you get this, and you're like, okay, wait a minute. So now you just poke holes all in this shit. What? Just, just... like you're telling me you're telling me fake fighting champion of Raw that like 
before when you've been doing your fake fighting has been fake, but this time it's gonna be real, even though we all know it's still gonna be fake. Like that's that's a turnoff. It's like can you please can you please not acknowledge the elephant in the room, motherfucker? Like, yeah, so I, I you know Yeah. Um, and then you know and then you know you know on, on TV they're not gonna acknowledge this at all. So it's like, so what's the fucking point then, Rhonda? And also, like, you have to eventually get back into the storyline, which is you laid down the title so that you could get another match so you could get a match with Becky, so you could fight her. So you so, so it should be going back on the script at that point, right? Exactly. Stress was like, well, okay, whatever. Like, remember, remember, I want to say two, three weeks ago when I lost my mind on um, an LLP review show about how like they've already fucked this, so I, I like I'm done. Like, and then mind you, like, where is Charlotte coming on all this? Already been fucked. Like, I mean, she's cutting good promos now, but like, they still haven't said like, oh yeah, why did Vince ever pick her? Like the woman that, as you said, like hasn't won a match since. <laughs> hasn't won a match I mean, since I mean, the night after Survivor Series. Like you would think that's bad until what they did with Kevin Owens, where the man has literally by by being injured for like the last like five months, he deserves this match. Like they're just it's so meta in the way they're trying to like fuck with people. Like they have they're like down to their last. Like they're they're bullying the chamber for how to try to get baby faces over. We're just gonna stand in, you know, the company's gonna be in opposition of them. This is just like, yo, I've seen this before. I'll just wait until they put Kofi back in the match. I'll just wait until Becky's added back to the match, even though it's not the match that I was looking to see. But yeah, this I don't know. I saw the Twitter war. It it was it was a dunkathon by Becky. Like if you look at the uh yeah, yeah. the 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 likes and retweets everything like that, that's not even a thing. It's like there's only so many times you can just dunk on Ronda, and it's just like we ex- kind of expect it. Like right. like, like how will Becky destroy her now? And and, and it's like no matter how many ass whoopings you see, it's like it's like Golden State Warriors syndrome. Like <laughs> like like yeah. like yeah yeah Becky, we know we we know you you can't be fucked with in these streets. So yeah so. Like one thing to mention about the Becky Lynch thing is like, if you go back, I think she's at one point five followers on Twitter now, right? Yeah. So before this run, before Survivor Series or sorry, SummerSlam, she was at one point three. Like she's gained two hundred thousand followers since, uh, like in the five months in in the, in the lead up to this whole entire thing. So like. Or not five months, uh, whatever it is. Um, SummerSlam. SummerSlam and, uh, and, and a couple like months before months, that. Six months, six months. Yeah. It's in the six months since. So, um, like, like she's, so the Twitter has definitely, like, people want to talk about, like, draws or whether or not anyone's actually a draw anymore or whatever else, like, and, and the value of social media and whatnot, like, I'm not going to get into that. All I know is that, like, I don't think there's anybody that's over the last um, six months could compare to her as far as like her her growth on social media, and that's one of the main reasons why she's over is because she goes like she goes out there and, and literally punks out Charlotte and and jumps out on her and beats her ass up the right for months and then like kills her on Twitter and now and then did the same thing to Ronda and then like here we are now and like it, it it's and I, I said it before and then, like, did this and it's like ugh. And, and with the Ronda thing, it's 
it, it's going to turn into, as we mentioned before, it's like, it's not where you're from, it's where you're at. So is this going to be a shoot fight? No. It's going to be a professional wrestling match. So go ahead and be a professional wrestler. But I, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, like, who was this for? And, like, if it's for the casuals, I don't see how the casuals think, oh, yeah, she was fake fighting, but she's actually going to beat this woman up now, so I now want to tune in. I don't see anyone buying that. I really don't. I see people be like, wait, what's going on? And then you get the answer, and I'm like, oh, and then move on with their day. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if if like the five, if the fifteen seconds of attention to get, get uh, of that is like worth it, then I guess maybe I don't know. Maybe that gets you like another thousand buys of the network. Maybe I doubt it. Yeah, I think the network's at where it's at. But oh yeah, um... <laughs> I mean it's been it's, it's been plateaued like after the first after the first two years, so, five but... years of the WWE network. Uh, yeah, yeah. How about it? Um, yeah, so, uh, we'll wait and see, uh, where Becky gets added back in, Vince somehow Jedi mind trick motherfuckers into chanting triple threat last week, and, um, you know, uh, up next. Well, well, think about it like this, right? One, you have people in the, oh, whatever, let's say... You already know that the only option after they shot the storyline angle is the only option to get Becky back into the match is for there to be a triple threat match. Unless they would say, all right, well, you guys go fight in eight days at uh, at Fastlane. They're not going to do that. So the only option for you as a fan is watching the TV is, well, I can't take like the old, the, um, I'm sorry, the, the Teddy Long, Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, Kurt Angle thing. He's like, look, I can't take Randy Orton out of the match, but I can put you into it, right? Like, that's that's what that's what's going to come down to with Becky. Like, I can't take Charlotte out of the match. She's already been ordained. So, like, watch Stephanie or Triple H until they turn eventually heel again. <laughs> Do the whole thing. Like, I'll put you, I can put you into the match. And they're like, okay. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. So disheartening. Or um, shame. <clears throat> Shane might be busy <laughs> with the Miz, but um, oh yeah. Who's uh, turning heel tomorrow or next week? I mean, I guess Shane because they're in the I, Miz's hometown. So does it matter? It really doesn't. Like, because, yeah, this one, like, too like I like Whatever. that match. Like, no matter who's the face or heel, it doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any worse. It just exists. Um, <laughs> it just exists. It literally just exists. Like. <clears throat> Um, oh like I, I'll watch the Miz because Miz can go in there and hang with really good wrestlers. I don't want to see Miz go go carry Shane McMahon. Like, no, this is not what what this sport is or is supposed to be. This ain't the sport of kings. Yes. Miz carrying somebody ain't the sport of kings. Yes. <laughs> that's not that's that's not what we signed up for. Yes, that who, is that is who? not Bret Hart's wrestling. Like, I don't know. <laughs> So, um, speaking of speaking of someone else from the old school, of uh, you know, Jim Cornette has popped up the last uh, couple weeks doing these reviews of uh, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. They've been absolutely hilarious and just literally like pointing out what WWE could do to make things feel. Like the te- the television presentation to go smoother, uh, how to present actual people on the show as stars, how to make the show feel more like 
it's alive like people so people can at least just tell you who they are like like hi i'm michael cole like or something like that like have the announcers introduce yeah. themselves different yeah. things of that nature uh but it's come out in the news that Cornette it has signed with mlw and he was on commentary uh, i'm gonna have to check that out uh, because anytime i can listen to jim Cornette, i do one of the most just you know brilliant minds uh in the last you know 40 years of, of wrestling and He's sharp as a razor. He's got a couple things about him that are drawbacks. Like he had that one dry spell in the mid two thousands when the, when the game was kind of changing. But I think he's been away for so long that some of the old school lessons. It's time for them to come back around again. And he may be working in MLW in a backstage capacity. MLW is going to be hard for them because they are kind of looked at as small potatoes. Their contracts are written on toilet paper, it seems like, and you know people can get out of them shits like at any time. Some of the, uh, the the matches have been disappointing on there, like despite the big names that you see uh, from week to week on there, no one ever seems to really give their best in MLW. So it, whatever Cornette's role can be. Uh, he's going to respect Court Bauer a lot because he was on the MLW network, uh, podcast network, pretty much that resurrected like his uh, whole, you know, career, like the last decade. And, you know, he's not going to run wild or anything like that. I'm sure he has a low uh, work like threshold there. He doesn't have to travel a ton. And <clears throat> he doesn't have like anyone like Russo to drive him insane. So. <laughs> So when you heard uh, this Cornette MLW news and then based off of, uh, you know, the last couple podcasts, what did you think about that, James? Um, I don't, I mean, if he's going to, I heard he's going to be doing color commentary and I mean, he's always been awesome at color commentary. Um, and if you just leave it at that, then good enough. And then if you do something more cool, like I, I wouldn't, um, I would have him on as someone that's consulting for booking or ideas or whatever, but he's not somebody that I would make an agent. I don't think that's something he would even want. Um, but I think, you know, like he's one of the great minds of wrestling in the last, you know, of our lifetimes. Right. Or even beyond that. Right. But so I, I would say like, definitely it makes all the sense in the world to want to have somebody like that um, on payroll to help out. Um and even even if it's like somebody saying, "Look, um, I just want to run it through the filter to get an idea of what I, like, I want to do something. I just want to run, run it through the filter to see on like how I can improve something, or maybe there's something that I'm not looking at for why I need to change a couple things here, or or at least know like these are reasons X, Y, and Z why this may or may not work. And then you run it through, and then you take it as a grain of salt based off of he's really a lot of a lot of times a lot of things he's um, hard to let go on because of how the, the game has changed over the last few decades like but he's a person that that i say, use as like he as a um he's somebody i listen to and the way he talks about wrestling he's somebody i use as when things fuck up if you go through like the jim Cornette guidelines He'll why tell things you why fuck up, <laughs> he, you know exactly like if you listen to him enough you know like okay this is the reason why x y or z did not work right and he and you ain't got the and if you listen to him enough you kind of have an idea of like yeah, like they probably should have went this route or, or that route or whatever else. That probably would have been more beneficial. And like the thing ultimately is, right? If shit works, it, it works, right? It don't matter. It doesn't matter. But if something doesn't work, you need to like you kind of, you know, need to go back and try to reexamine what where things went wrong. And he's a good person where if you run it, kind of run it through his thought process of why things went wrong, 
He can help you learn he, from that. He, he can help you in the future when you go down more booking decisions in the in the future. So yeah, like definitely have him aboard. That's definitely help. Yeah, um, definitely interested to see uh, where that leads with Cornette. Um, uh, supposedly, also uh, in the news, Dean Ambrose. Uh, WWE is going to attempt to put the full court press on Ambrose at this point. With Roman Reigns being back in the fold, uh, he's going to be hard at work trying to convince his brother in the Shield. Not to leave WWE. So, uh, Ambrose, I heard he was added for a couple house show dates after WrestleMania. Not really sure, like, what date his contract ends, of course. They only did say April it expired. Um, This whole thing, uh, Ambrose could fully change his mind and decide to re-sign, and, you know, good for him. But there's going to be... I, I, if I'm Ambrose, I think I have some questions. It's like, well, what really changes for me? Now, like, am I just going to be that much happier that my homeboy is back? Or <laughs> am I going to go out here and try to go get it as far as, like, w- whether it's, like, a world tour, whether it's uh, somewhere like AEW that's obviously going to throw big money at him, uh, probably for less dates. Or are you coming back to WWE in this kind of cool down, you know, you, you had the failed baby fit or heel turn where they all you all you've ever been. All people wanted for you is to turn heel over all this time. And that's what happened. Right now, your back is this baby face that is clearly a level below your strength is like like you're kind of just like damaged goods in this promotion. Yeah, he's somebody that definitely, like, it's kind of weird because he just missed, like, the last, or what? He was hurt in November 2017 and then came back around at, at SummerSlam, right? Yep. Or, like, the night, or the the Raw going into SummerSlam. So, like, he had that whole nine months off, and he already feels like he's, like, he already, he wore that out already. Um, because they booked him so terribly. Um, yeah, I... I say that he's. I, I say he's somebody that needs to like leaving. Whatever, like whatever he does, whatever he does. But like for me, I think he'd do a lot of good. Like if he left WWE and then came back to WWE after a certain amount of time, um, if that's what he want, what he wants to do. Like I don't know, man. Like he's always came off as somebody that like he can't judge whatever. Like whatever he does, whatever he does, and he could be out. He could be a space cadet. So. Huh. For all we know, he might just be wrapping up and retiring. Who fu- who the fuck knows? <laughs> um, I I don't know about the retirement thing because like that dude loves wrestling. Like he's a student of the game, and um, but but so was Jericho, and he left because he was burnt out too multiple times. Yeah, you never know. Um, but but everything I heard is it's creative frustration. Like, and I don't know if that equates to burnout. So. Um, it can burn you out if you're creatively frustrated, but I mean, <laughs> like, like look at chick magnet punk. Yeah. He got burnt out from creative. Yeah. I, well, he's, he's got his own that it, the whole thing with, with, with punk. It, yeah. It's career goals. It's creative. It's injuries. It's, uh, Medical him status in WWE. It, he had like too. a big. He had like a big four of things. Like, <laughs> like he's not also being wired like any other motherfucker like uh, of that time. So, does Dean Ambrose strike you as someone that's wired normally? No. All right then. Like I'm not saying they're exact same people, but I'm saying like 
expecting um, normal results from no from him. I'm not expecting normal results from him. Who knows? Like, who knows? So um, that's gonna wrap up the regular portion of this show. We will be back with NXT then now forever. All right, y'all, we back. Um, <laughs> it is time for the NXT then now forever. So James, let him know. Yeah, uh, we've said it before. We'll say it again. Yeah, this show is a five year five year retro to commemorate the five year anniversary of the network and NXT uh, being brought to um, hundreds of thousands of houses around the world. Can't say millions because you know it's kind of iffy. Um, so so yeah, uh, we're gonna start with this. We're gonna start with uh, NXT arrival, and then we're gonna talk about after that um, this past week's episode of NXT. So, uh, where do you want to start, Rich? You want to start with Arrival first? Where do you, you want to go, or do you want me to go uh, and read through and you jump in, or what do you want to do? Uh, you can read through. I'll jump in. Okay. So, the show starts with WWE's uh, Then, Now, Forever uh, video open, which features legends and cornerstones of the, of the past and current day present, like John Cena, Andre the Giant, The Rock, Triple H, Undertaker, Vince Sr., Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon, Chris Jericho, Trish Stratus, it, David Otunga, what? I I missed that portion. I yeah, apparently Otunga was was a uh, legendary tag team champion uh, that needed to be, to be commemorated. Isn't he still on the payroll? Yes. Keep getting okay. them checks. Yeah, keep getting them checks. All right. So from the dark, we get Triple H asking us, "Are you ready?" <laughs> yep. No, I said, "Are you ready?" This is NXT. So then this goof goes on, uh, and the crowd, and the lights come up, and the crowd's chanting NXT. Uh, and the Triple H looks around, so he's just so very pleased at himself because, of course, he is. Uh, and the Triple H says, "The next generation, so NXT is the next generation, and the next generation has arrived." <laughs> so then we get a video package of NXT's actual show up, and it features the likes of uh, San Martino, Snuka, Flair, Hogan, Austin, Brett, Sean, Triple H, Undertaker. Um, and then you get a graphic that pops up that says the future is now. And then we're shown the NXT roster. It's the likes of Adrian Neville, Alexander Rusev, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, The Ascension, Emma, CJ Parker, Bo Dallas, Page, Mojo Riley, Corey Grace, Tyler Breeze, and Summer Rae. So and I missed that roar of the crowd music. That that was an era in itself, right there. Oh yeah, the triple stomps. It was like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I miss it too. I ain't gonna front. Yeah. Um, I like it better than what we have now. Yeah. So, so we start also off with- in that time, like like during. You're gonna get more into it in the summertime. Like I actually mm-hmm. was at full sale, like for two different sets of tapings, and it was like that was a real moment, like 2014. Who do you go? Did you go to those tapes with Catherine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. I remember because I was actually into NXT that much. Like, like the takeovers were awesome and fun to watch. It was like I'm just gonna keep it at that because like I still gotta watch Raw, and Raw will leave me exhausted back then. Now it's like five hours of all this shit, and I'm still watching. And I, now I'm actually watching NXT. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Sami Zayn versus Cesaro. Sami comes out, and this is the first match I ever saw him ever. Uh, I didn't. I heard of El Generico, but I never saw him before. And he comes out, and like he's he comes out to this like 
Caleb actually mentioned this on on the um audio, on the uh, show that we ended up getting lost or got dumped, and um he actually said it's, his interest music at this time sounds like some fake wannabe like Rage Against the Machine shit. <laughs> so uh, I, I watched the interest. I was like, that's not like the the what the fuck is that music? Right. Like exactly that is that is not the Mario Kart, that is not the Mario Kart sound epic that we all know and love. So. So uh, he comes out, and then all of a sudden, uh, over the uh, the ring announcer turns out to be the granddaughter-in-law of a plumber, Brandy Rose. She's tonight's ring announcer. Yep. And it's like notice that forget, too. It's crazy to think like, wow, like you have all this. Look at all this talent squandered. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's going to be a theme. I feel like. So, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So then we're introduced to the nice commentary team of Tom Phillips, who or Todd is it Tom or Todd? Uh, He's so Tom. generic, I can't remember which one it is. Tom Phillips. Tom, okay. Yeah, so we see the commentary team of Tom Phillips, who looks like he just got back from his Mormon mission in the Philippines. Damn. Uh, uh, William Regal and Byron Saxon, who's wearing a suit so big and shiny that it had to be from the fall uh, 03 Platinum Fubu collection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so out comes Zara, who's rocking the George Jefferson donut. He's not clean-shaven at all. Uh, he's draped in that Gads and Don't Tread on Me Tea Party flag. Bro, about- I had no idea what that shit was then. Like, I, would, I I had no idea back then. I did. And James, go ahead. Yeah, man. So the crazy thing about this whole thing is, like, Cesaro's out there. And you remember, oh, yeah, he's about five weeks away from WrestleMania immortality. Yeah. Putting the big show in the shotgun position and throwing him over the top rope, and it leads to absolutely nothing. The King of Swing, Cesaro. <laughs> so anyway, oh, another thing. Uh, Cesaro's fucking you. jacked here, by the way. Way more yeah, jacked yeah. than he is right now. Yeah, hey man. Remember when the tea parties were like the worst thing that the media kept a lookout for? Now we got the president out here talking about <laughs> some some of the Nazis are good people. Whoo, yeah. Been a crazy five years, man. It's a crazy five years. Where does the time go? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he's coming out. He has that Jack Swagger Real Americans theme music. It's still awesome to this day. Uh, the commentary puts over the last three matches of the series, and the crowd starts chanting match of the year. Uh, so they start with a lockup, and Cesaro overpowers him and throws uh, Samuel into the mat. We then get some um, some dueling We the People and Sammy Zanchez from the crowd. They lock up again. Cesaro gets his back and slaps, uh, delivers a waist lock takedown and slaps on the back of his head because he doesn't deserve to be in the ring with him. Um, I, dude, I wrote copious notes on this. I'm just gonna try and get to the to the big stuff. Um, yeah. So uh, Cesaro uh, tries for a big swing, but Sammy fights it. So Cesaro, so uh, Cesaro grabs Sammy's legs and then flips him, Sammy up to his feet by his legs, and then Cesaro charges, but Sammy counters and arm drags him uh, out of the ring, and then Sammy ends up uh, nailing him with a with a baseball slide and then hits him with a topic con hilo. Uh, most and they end up both landing mostly on on the ramp. Uh, we didn't get a spot where Sammy where uh, Sammy then um, tries for a diving crossbody, but Cesaro catches him in midair and then he turns into an awesome tilt world backbreaker for a two count. Sammy rolls out to the floor favoring his back. Cesaro goes after him and throws him head first into a, uh, the old school still steps. And then throws him back to the ring. Uh, Cesaro tosses him to the other side of the floor, and it bounces his head off the steel steps and, and the apron. 
Uh, Cesaro then gets him back in the ring to toss him out another time out to the ring. Sammy then answers with some overhand chops and forearms, but Cesaro cuts him off by bouncing Sammy's head off the steel barricade. Uh, Cesaro lifts and drops Sammy on the apron, and uh, Sammy rolls in into the ring in pain. Uh, Cesaro quickly uh, goes in for the cover. It doesn't get it. Cesaro then throws Sammy out to the ring one more time, and then goes uh, to the apron and then lands a one-foot diving stomp on the floor. Cesaro uh, lifts and drops Sammy throat first, first into the steel barricade, and then um, throws him uh, back first to the apron. Uh, Cesaro then rolls him back to the ring and tries to post Sammy's leg, but Sammy pushes off the turnbuckle and it pulls Cesaro head first into the post twice and gets Sammy some separation uh, uh, with a boot to the face. Um, so then Sammy uh, goes for his uh, running through the ropes tornado DDT, but Cesaro staggers him with a huge jumping uh, European uppercut. I remember uh, this. This caught me off guard uh, when I was doing the rewatch on this, and it was like, yo. Like, <laughs> Yeah, uh, like for me, that was my first time I ever seeing him. So like, I didn't know that's like what he he does at that tornado DDT. Like once till I watched, I think uh, I think you showed me after that after that show, like one of their matches before where he actually goes through the ropes. Does he? I was like, oh wow, this dude's awesome. Um, shame it's a shame how this dude turned out. Uh, so <laughs> so it's a damn shame so happening, boy. Yeah, so after he hits him with that upper, that huge uppercut, Cesaro posts Sammy's leg finally, and then uh, Regal points out how Cesaro's changed the game plan from uh, mid-match from working Sammy's court, isolating that left leg. Uh, Cesaro slaps on a basic but brutal-looking look, uh, leg crank and starts to manipulate the ankle. Uh, Sammy throws some knees to Cesaro's back to try to get him to let go of the hold. Stretch um, muffler. So th- well, n- n- we'll get to that. That's oh, at the end. I- I'm wrong one. My fault. <laughs> yeah, that's the second time. Yeah, so then um, we get to... Yeah, so then uh, after, so Cesaro is just pissed at getting hit, kicked in the back. So he lets go, comes off the ropes, and then double foot stomps on Sammy's bad left knee. <laughs> Cesaro then goes for another cheap cover. Sammy kicks it across to the corner. Regal points out that Cesaro uh, hooked Sammy's bad left leg during the corner. Excellent uh, broadcasting or uh, commentary. So then Sammy tries to uh, defend his. <laughs> Sammy tries to defend and protect his leg from his back, but Cesaro just boosts him in the face, telling him to knock it off with that Tupac self-defense shit. <laughs> uh, Sammy desperately try, uh, definitely starts to swing to try to keep Cesaro off him, but Cesaro ends up landing uh, knees to the gut and then lifts him off for a dragging screw leg whip uh, on Sammy's bad knee. Cesaro still has ankle control, so he does a knee drop over over the top of Sammy's bad knee. Uh, Cesaro still has ankle control and then slaps on a brutal, another brutal looking knee crank. And um and again works over that ankle. Cesaro then um puts on a wrestling clinic that doubles as I'm oh, sorry. Cesaro puts on a, a wrestling clinic that doubles as an ass king seminar. So <laughs> Sammy then lands. So Sammy lands a boot to uh, Cesaro's face, gets some separation. Cesaro goes to the top ropes, but Sammy catches him with a I'm not not off the top rope. Cesaro comes bouncing off the ropes, and then Sammy hits him with a leg lariat. Cesaro then gathers himself and then stomps the hell out of Sammy's bad left knee. We get two dragon screw leg whips and more knee, more ankle control. Um, Sammy stops a third uh, leg whip uh, with some forearms and then goes for Enziguri, but Cesaro ducks while never letting go of this bad ankle and then slaps on a single leg Boston Crab that he wraps across his body to the other side. It just looks brutal. Uh, Sammy fights for the ropes, but Cesaro lifts him away. Um... And, and then slaps on what can only be described as a single leg lion tamer. Look brutal. Uh, Sammy ends up getting the bottom rope. Cesaro charges, uh, but he ends up eating a back elbow. He charges again, but this time he eats a back 
uh, I'm saying a big boot. And then for a third time, he stupidly charges in. This time, he's back body drop over the top rope down to the floor. So Sammy gets to the apron and lands a, a big back kick. And then he goes for his Florida apron uh, split-legged moonsault. But Cesaro catches him and, and then lands a tilt-a-whirl uh, slam onto the entrance. Uh, the crowd pops the pop, crowd pops huge as Cesaro roars in appreciation of his own awesomeness. <laughs> <laughs> so he, go, he rolls back into the ring and just willing to take the counter because he beat the piss out of Sammy. But Sammy just barely beats the 10 count. Uh, we get more dueling. We the people, Sammy, Zane Chance. Uh, Sammy pulls himself up in the corner as Cesaro charges in, but Sammy catch, uh, snatches him and then delivers an exploded suplex to, into the corner. Uh, Sammy goes for a desperation cover, but he can't get it. Um, Sammy uh, gets him into position for a blue thunderbomb, or as Michael Kovalev called it, a Michinoku driver. Uh, <laughs> but Cesaro lands him 12-6 elbows in the back of Sammy's head, and then he goes to hit the ropes, but Sammy grabs him by the back of the trumps and then hits the uh, blue thunderbomb for a two count. Uh, Cesaro gets back up and kicks out his bad knee out of his knee. <laughs> uh, Sammy hits a reverse uh, STO and then transitions to a Koji clutch. The crowd starts chanting tap, 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 but Cesaro escapes and then he picks the bad by picking the bad leg and then putting him into a stretch muffler. This is awesome. So Sammy almost taps and then fights a third of the way to the ropes and then reaches for the ropes out, but it's too far away. He just desperately reaching for anything, and then he fights another third of the way to the to the ropes. Uh, and then he's in agony and he has his head on the mat and he's like considering tapping out. And then he makes one final leap and he grabs the rope. It's, it's awesome uh, submission uh, attempt and uh, it work. And then so Cesaro smirks. He's kind of impressed with Sammy's heart. And then Cesaro charges in again and then throw and then he ends up. Um, Sammy ends up throwing up another big boot. This time Cesaro catches it. He picks up the other leg and then he sets up for the big swing. But Sammy turns into a wacky lucha cover for a two count. Um, Cesaro gets up and then he actually gets a, a double leg and he goes for the swing. We get 10 swings. Um, Cesaro finally lets go and then <laughs> we get an up close look of Sammy looking all kinds of through, bro. Like, this concussed, also, dizzy, it, it, this exhausted, you name it. This also like reminded me of before Cesaro was doing the sharpshooter where he would do the swing and just drop a bitch. Like, I, I like that better than, than putting him in the hold. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's like, look, you get the point. Like, I ain't, we're not here to waste time. I'm gonna give you, like, you know, give you a couple swings and then put you in the move. You know, I, I think it's supposed to be like I make you dizzy and then I also slap on the move, so you, you know, you're disoriented. You don't even know All which, the way. which you don't even know which side of the ring to go to to try to grab for the ropes. I guess I don't know. Um, so Sammy gets. Gets uh gets to his feet in the corner. Cesaro charges in and then lands a a big running European uppercut for a two count. And um, but as the ref gets to two, Sammy rolls through and then with a crucifix cover for two. So Cesaro after kicking out of that two all in one motion with the kick, he rolls off his shoulders over over his head onto his feet. And then lands a double foot stomp to down on Sammy's head for two, and then covers him for two. Uh, Sammy then rolls out of the to the apron, and Cesaro follows him and sets up for a second rope deadlift superplex into the ring. But Sammy escapes. He lands some punches um, to actually slow Cesaro, and then he lands the big boot. Cesaro is now seated on the top turnbuckle, 
and Sammy climbs up the second rope and then lands some 12 six elbows to the back of Cesaro's head and then goes for an avalanche hurricanrana. But Cesaro catches him and then sets up for a straight jacket powerbomb off the second rope. When at last moment, Sammy flips all the way over and he turns it into a hurricanrana and then gets to his feet and, and nails the, uh, the halluva kick for a two count. Cesaro uh, drops Sammy three times uh, progress with progressively bigger and larger European uppercuts and tells him to stay down. Uh, Sammy gets to his feet and they start trading some shots and all of a sudden it breaks into uh, the Fry Takayama or in in this realm the the Sammy Kevin Owens hockey fight. Uh, so Sammy is abducting a punch and gets Cesaro's back and then drops him with a released German suplex. Uh, Sammy charges for a halluva kick, but, but Cesaro cuts him off with a big boot of his own. Cesaro goes for the neutralizer, but Sammy reverses with a back body drop. Uh, Cesaro tries tries to turn it into a sunset flip, but Sammy sits down on it in a Rana uh, cradle like Bret Hart and, and Bulldog for a two count. Sammy charges in and gets, an, gets him in neutralizer position. I'm sorry. Sammy charges. Cesaro gets in neutralizer position. Uh, but Sammy actually rolls all the way through and then c delivers a Canadian destroyer for awesome two count. We get a standing ovation from the crowd. Sammy uh, lifts Cesaro up, and Cesaro then suckered him by throwing him in the air and then gives that European shuriken <laughs> to this man. <laughs> you go going to jail now. Yes. And then uh, Sammy actually then gets covered and then kicks out at one on some Ishii shit. And, like, Cesaro's completely stunned. So... Cesaro then roars and unleashes a tornado uh, European uppercut that lifts Sammy up off of his feet, off of his boots, and then drops him right onto his shoulders. Cesaro then grabs him and finally hits the neutralizer for the win. This match was fucking awesome. This match was the little cousin that does his push-ups every day version of The Undertaker versus HBK at WrestleMania 26. This was a person that was not to be fucked with in Cesaro fighting some dude that's way overmatched that don't know he's overmatched and literally beating the piss out of this fucker like from pillar to post he has an answer for everything and then at the end he snaps and destroys the dude I don't yeah. know what what someone could want more for the first match of a new literal new era that was that was happening this was a perfect way to, to to begin it it didn't feel as epic right now as it did back then but I remember back in 2014 being like this is one of the best matches I've ever seen and then you know they weren't wrestling for a 2019 eye and I think that's gonna be a, a big big thing in uh you know in the series as you go forward but this was incredible like <laughs> like just Match was still awesome. Like I still would have gave this thing. Like I mean, you can say if you want to. Like I'm still giving this thing at the minimum four point five. Like this match was awesome. Um, yeah. So after the match, um, Cesaro leaves the ring and he heads up the ramp to leave. And but then he decides to go back to the ring and then lifts up Sammy off the off the off the ground and then they and then they hug before uh, he finally exit exits. Um the. Like the crowd gives Sammy like a standing ovation for his last performance with lots of Sammy and Ole Chance. Like he got yeah, over man. as a superstar that night, and I think as you go through this, you're gonna like see how much of the heart and soul of NXT Sammy Zayn was throughout his entire time there. He was I, the man. Yeah, like I granted, like I only saw the takeovers, but like I knew he was, I knew he was like the guy, and <clears throat> to this day, like. 
we've gone through the five years. He's been up since uh, since what 2006, right? 2016, yeah. Officially, yeah. Like he's still at worst, what top three at worst, right? Yeah. Yeah, like all the people you can possibly put up front of him is like Bailey and, and Johnny, right? I wouldn't put either of them ahead of him, but or excuse me, I, I, I'm I'm saying like the only two people you even can make an argument for are those two, though. I'd had to think about that. Okay. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So then from there we end up getting a Mojo Raleigh vignette and his features, some match highlights and some workout footage. Uh, it also features footage of Mojo sitting down in the locker room saying, getting hyped can make a man this powerful. What do you think a man is capable of if he stays hyped all the time? My Bro. name is Mojo Raleigh, and I don't get hyped. I stay hyped. That man was dead on arrival. Literally on arrival. NAC takeover arrival. And five years later, he's talking to mirrors. Maybe he was always talking to mirrors. And that mirror... And that mirror, the four, what had cocaine on it. <laughs> anyway, out comes CJ Parker. And from what I remember, like of Juice Robinson's own NXT gimmick, I thought I thought the talk of him being a hippie was largely based on like his environmental talk and you know his hair. But nah, bro, he comes out and the psychedelic music and the, the peace signs on his trunks and, and and he has that. He has on that like that Woodstock '69 ass brown leather French vest, and you can almost smell him through this. Not you can almost smell him in his non-aluminum deodorant through the screen. Like, mm-mm. yeah. Like technology, space, and time be damned. Like he he looked. I I can almost smell him through the screen. Just Th- gross. Thank so, God. Thank God that man left. <laughs> he may not I be. Mean, look, he may not be in the business right now. Look, <laughs> and or, he left. or or. He could be WWE, he could be the current WWE champion. Crazy how that works. Yeah. Crazy how that works. What one man turns to dead, one man has to leave because the gimmick is dead. Being a pro pro environmentalist, one other person turns into a main event, <laughs> main event, main event act. <laughs> like I guess it's a long way of saying like CJ Parker is good, but he ain't no damn Daniel Bryan. I guess like dumb motherfucker, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Mojo Raleigh versus oh I'm sorry. So then after that we get out comes Mojo Raleigh. He looks like every generic post. I'm sorry. He looks like every generic and green post warrior opening match babyface ever, except for like the short hair. Yeah, uh, he looks like he would have tagged with the Steiners in a Survivor Series match. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like short haired. Uh, oh, what's your boy's name? He looked like a good guy what? version of Lars. Oh my God, he kind of did. You know, he also like he looked like if, if, imagine if the renegade had short hair. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> had them, so, them loud, bright colors on. Yes. Had it coming through the smoke. This man Mojo Riley got the smoke on the entrance. They thought a yeah, star man. was born, James. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So Mojo Riley versus C.J. Parker. We start with a lockup and some um, some rope running spots that end with Mojo giving C.J. a huge back body drop, like. AJ Styles have been proud of his back body drop, how big Damn. it was. So CJ throws a, 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 I'm sorry, CJ lands a knee lift to the gut and it takes control with some swinging strikes in the corner. Um, CJ uh, lands some punches, some forearms and chops, uh, then shoots Mojo into the opposite corner. Mojo reverses it and it t- uh, takes a uh, three point stance and then lands a stinger splash, then another stinger splash, and then he lands a hip attack and then a running, jumping seated senton for the win. That was a terrible finisher. 
Yes. You know who who used to have that fucking finisher before that in like the 80s and early 90s? Who? Earthquake, James. The fucking oh, yeah. Canadian Earthquake usually used that finisher. Jesus Christ. Why would you rip anything off the Earthquake? I thought I thought you were gonna say like Vader when he was washed or something. I thought nah. I thought that's what you were gonna say like like he wouldn't even like nah, bro. Like he he can't put he can't risk the knees on a Vader bomb anymore. He has to just jump up and you come down on you. Um, yeah. So, but look, takeovers used to be different. <laughs> so we go backstage. I mean, at least it was look, it was a squash match. So whatever. Like at least it was like a fun little quick squash match. At least it wasn't like you know, let's have. Okay, let's have Baron Corbin go more than like go more than like five minutes. We'll get we're, we're coming upon those real soon too. Um, so yeah, so then we get a uh, an image video package where she's uh, oh my god. Um, okay, so what's the word? Is adorable? Is that adorable? Is that what is that what some people call it? Adorable? Uh, I guess I, I don't know what you're going for. Okay, in this hype video. We get commentary. We get the commentary of Saxton describing Emma as aloof and awkward. So they've always been terrible with these descriptive words, huh? I guess where skims the cat into the ring. Um, uh, we end up getting her on commentary. We end up getting another thing from um, Saxon saying, again, call whatever you want, but somehow, Emma's been lucky enough to gain one of the largest followings in NXT. Look, somehow, like, 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 through the, through, through fucking sheer luck, th- this, this professional fighter has gotten people to like her. But, look, man, and I, I, I know something right now, believe it or not, in the past five years since this special was aired, WWE has been largely pathetic at making successful baby faces and is there any wonder why <laughs> listen to how they're the, how they're described aloof the aloof awkward emma what the fuck <laughs> it's like when um who was it it was called they called him called uh alistair back moody moody yes, yes. oh man it's just the worst that's great yeah yeah so i'll come to ascension without without any like road warriors face pain or any shoulder pads. The commentary tells us that uh, they're out for a tag team open challenge. Um, out to answer the challenge is Ball Sky Too Hottie and Grandmaster Sexay. Too cool. Wow. Grandmaster Sexay, who's no longer with us. Yeah. We, we mentioned that uh, in the podcast with Caleb. They got dropped. He's like, yeah, he's gone now. He actually didn't look... He actually kind of looked very similar to... He looked a hell of a lot more like uh, Grandmaster Sexay from... The, from 2000, then, like, say, Scotty Too Hotty, who has no hair no more. Yeah, Scotty, Scotty Too Hotty out here embracing his, uh, never mind. Um, I'll go, <laughs> go ahead, James. Okay, so, uh, Sisha versus Too Cool. Uh, Victor and Grandmaster start the match. Grandmaster is being a total goof, and then Victor nails him, uh, with, um, with chops in the European uppercuts and then puts him, um, in the heel corner and then tags in Connor. We get a big lead drop from Connor and then tons of clubbery and clubbage. Uh, and then another tag. Uh, Victor then continues to build the heat. Grandmaster escapes the rest hole with a jawbreaker. Scotty gets the hot tag and runs very excited. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say wild, but very excited with, with tons of punches until Scotty then raises the roof. Scotty then sets up for, to deliver the worm, but and does all that dancing that proceeds it. And then the very last second, Victor, who's still on the ground, 
grabs him and pulls Scotty onto the ropes and necks him on and necks him on the middle rope like a jabron. Uh, Victor then gets up and then charges at Grandmaster and clears him off the apron, sending him crashing down to the floor. And then Victor tags in Connor and then they hit their hot, their charging high low combination uh, finish for the win. Yeah, the Ascension looked a lot different in NXT than they did when they got to the main roster. They yeah, looked they like actually, monsters. Yeah, yeah it looked like they, yeah, it, that's when we learned like, oh yeah, like this whole monster NXT gang or whatever. They come into the main roster and they're the size of normal of the normal roster and like, oh yeah, they can't be the Royal Warriors anymore because they're not gigantic hulking guys anymore. They're just guys. Yeah, so you go backstage and we see Paige getting uh, ready to defend her title. We get a video page, we get a video of Paige hyping up her uh, hyping her up with some in-ring highlights, interspliced with footage from a sit-down interview. Paige says, I know what a deep is supposed to be. She's supposed to be tan. She's supposed to have light hair and wear lots of colors. Nah. This is my world. This is my home. And if anyone disrespects anything in it, it makes me angry. Uh, so Hard words from a hard woman. Yes. Um, we're then shown Ric Flair sitting ringside next to NXT diva Charlotte, who happens to be his daughter. At this point in time, Charlotte had only been in like six matches that were taped for NXT. Jesus. The very next takeover, she has like the best women's match on the roster of the year. It's just, it's wild. All right, so, so out comes Stephanie McMahon, the inventor of women's wrestling. Yes. Yep. You know, it's good to know that like got to be there in the words of Michael Jackson. <laughs> bruh. Like, she really is the inventor of women's wrestling, bro. She has the five-year-old receipts to prove it, bro. She really... <laughs> she's been doing this shit for five years, Rich. So. And they say this is the, this is the match was the launching point, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Look, look. The, the inventor. Yes. The inventor and the creator. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, uh, yeah, so then we end up, um, yeah, so the crowd chants, you still got it, Stephanie retorts, I never lost it, and then the crowd pops, apparently I've never seen an attractive 37-year-old woman before, I would suggest some names, but that would be crass, so I'm just gonna move on, <laughs> just move right along. Angela Bassett is 60, she has, she still has it, she has all the it. <laughs> Moving on, Stephanie McMahon says, right here, right now, we're all making history, because the first ever in-ring program to stream live on the WWE Network is not WrestleMania 30. It's NXT Arrival. Uh, she goes on to say, I am, so incredibly, I am so incredibly proud to be here tonight as McMahon and as a woman because I have the privilege of announcing the Divas division. And let me explain that being a WWE Diva is all about being empowered. It's about showing the world that the women can do everything men can do, only better. So without further ado, allow me to introduce you to the next generation of WWE divas. Ugh, th- doesn't that word just stand out? Just like oh, divas. It just sounded so every time that like during the match on commentary, it was just just felt so out of place. It felt like this wart that just it was there, just just weighing the moment down. Yeah, I mean. You know, branding, and, you know, they love their branding, but, like, eh, whatever. Um, so, out comes, out comes Emma with her bubbles and her arm motions, and 
and were then shown William Regal standing up and doing the same dance with the biggest smile on his face. Stephanie, too, also gets in on the dance breaks. Bruh, like I said it before, I'll say it again. The McMahons love dancing. <laughs> Out comes Paige holding her now infamous belt. Yes. I thought the Char- same thing. Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, and Oscar all had to feel some type of way when they found out. Like, they had to be on that full-on Usher, bro. Like, at the beginning hey. of that confession video. And this like, is that time period, too. I know. bro. I'm telling you, like, they had to be on there talking about, man, quit playing with me, man. <laughs> no, nah, for real, don't play like that. Are, are you serious? How you know? Put that on everything. Damn. I'm going to call you back. Yeah. I'm going to call you back. <laughs> anyway, we get Paige versus Emma for the NXT Women's title match. Uh, the match starts with a shoving match until Emma gets a double leg, and then they end up winding up uh, having to get pulled apart by the ref in the corner. Paige goes for the Paige Turner, but Emma counters it into a backslide. Emma gets a double leg and then goes for a slingshot, but Paige turns into a Rana Cradle, a la Breton and Bulldog. Paige lands a Bulldog. I'm sorry. Paige lands a drop kick and it takes control with a body slam, uh, a bully choke, and then some back elbows in the corner. Uh, Paige goes for a boot, but Emma catches it and slingshots Paige uh, to the mat and then goes for the Emma lock, but Paige boots her off. Paige does uh, her apron knee lifts and then some screaming and then does her screaming top, but then Emma wipes her out with a baseball slide on the apron. Uh, Paige charges the corner, but Emma dodges and then slaps on the dilemma and then lands the Emma sandwich. Uh, Emma gets a double arm submission on Paige, but Paige, after a long while, still never quits. Uh, so Paige, so Emma drops her on her face. Uh, Paige goes up to the top rope for a uh, Cesaro superplex. Um, but Emma ends up landing some clubbing strikes onto Paige's back, and then she goes for a, super, a sunset flip under, and then under, gets underneath Paige, and then walks her out and then drops Paige in the middle of the ring with a set-up powerbomb for two. Uh, the crowd chants better than Batista. Yeah, remember that that time period. <laughs> yeah. During the double-down, Tom Phillips throws to a picture-in-picture replay by saying, take a look at this powerbomb. Never thought I'd say that in a championship Divas match. What? Boy. Yeah, they, yeah. Just these some of these things are just like man. Like like, like like we, we, we joke that bomb. like we joke that yeah, WWE is still like way behind people, but they were like even further behind like back then. Like, yeah, that, there's something I actually wanted to mention at the end of this after the end of this about about this match. But but yeah, like just I was like, what? Yeah, so anyway, um So the page hits a big slap and a and a sidekick to the gut and then a page turner for the near fall and page is shocked. Uh the commentary then puts points out that no one has ever kicked out of the page turner. The crowd chant starts chanting, This is awesome. So then Paige ends up slapping on a, a Scorpion crosslock for the submission victory. I forgot what she called it. The PTO. Uh, that, that Scorp- okay, yeah, the page tap out, right? Yeah, so uh, she ends up winning the match, and after the match, Paige helps Emma up, and then they ex- she extends a handshake, and then she pulls her in, and then uh, they end up hugging. So, get it, the first match of the show, hugging. Hugging. Then we get the, the women's match, hugging. NXT, hugging, then, now, and forever. <laughs> like, so when people were talking about the curtain, that curtain call they did at Brooklyn 3, or the first Brooklyn show, they've been doing this since the start, even before then. 
Yeah, man. Um, so my thoughts on this match was like, it it was a good match. I would even people saying it was a very good match. But back then, that was like one of the best women's matches that of that year. Yeah, one thing that really stood out uh, for me and that you almost forget from like what Paige's time on the main roster like later became where you know you're just on the main roster on the road all the time was Paige was so aggressive in this match and like all yep. this she has so much snap on her moves and uh the kicks that she would deliver in like her aggressiveness just really like pulls you in and this is like the portion where if you think about it, that was five years ago, right? Paige is mm-hmm. probably 27 now, maybe 26. She's 26, 27, I think. Okay. Yeah. And that was like five years ago. So she's like 21, 22 around that time. And the thing I used to always say was Paige essentially got her trap stolen. Like she kicked the door in and then the, the four horsemen women ran through it, essentially. Right. But somebody had to kick the door in. Like so. <laughs> and I don't think she should ever be forgotten. Uh, and this match was. A uh, like it was is a twelve minute match, but like you said, you got to think of the the time period at this time compared to whatever whatever was happening with AJ Lee on the main roster, and this looks like the this literally looks like the future, and it, it looks like yo this entire practice needs to be switched up. Yeah, like I just looked and on um, page turns twenty seven in, in August, so gotcha. Yeah, like so she was twenty one then, right? Which is nuts. Um. Like that's what I think we I think we talked about this on a show recently about like you can argue you can make the case and you made the, the argument that like Paige was a whole a whole ass prodigy because she was twenty one at the time she had that match and like look at who she was in the ring wrestling with a lot of the time like the Summer Rays of the world and like and and whoever else you want to say and like she didn't she didn't have like what we have right now to where like you can't. You can't shake a like you can't throw a rock without hitting a good worker uh, in the women's division on the main roster or on the on NXT or NXT UK. Um, so yeah, like it's it's been a big adjustment. And the thing that's crazy for me is like back then this match was a big ass deal, deservedly so in 2014. Now, like you know we did you know we just talked about how like far behind the times they were, but then how they progressed. Like the progression is like the women's matches on on pay per views now like. The standard is like now what that uh, that level of match pretty much like you expect you flat expect the women's matches now to be as good as this page match that five years ago was kind of was a was something that was worthy of your attention. Yeah, at the least, like hell, you go through just go to Royal Rumble, right? The Becky Lynch Oscar match was way better than this, and so was uh, the Ronda and Sasha match. Right. We didn't even bat an eye at those. We were kind of like, oh, yeah, those are very good. They could even have been better. Like, you know, that's kind of the thing. Like, so I I think we kind of sell WWE short at times on, like, because we don't think they've done enough. But, like, we have to also acknowledge that they have they have improved a lot. But, like, hopefully they continue this rate of improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see where we are now. And, and, and like, are, have you been keeping track of like what happens to all these people and, and their fates? I mean, we're, we're more or less talking about it right now. Like, just, oh, okay. just the page. Like Got Emma, it. you know, like Emma, she lost the match. Emma's a really good worker. Emma is now, you know, doing uh, Ring of Honor and whatever else now. Um, and I don't know what happened with her to where like 
they let her. I mean, obviously she had the the shoplifting thing, but like they brought her back after that. They, and they then, like, like never explained this. Like I, I yeah, didn't hear a story like, about it. Yeah, like I, we were talking about this with Caleb on the on the on the show that got dropped, and like they let go of her within weeks after she had that match with Emma or after that match with Oscar on her debut, and it's like, well, what what was the reason for that? Like we never found out. It's just never. like she was gone. Yeah. Yeah, so so we go backstage and we see Neville in the locker room and he's doing some push-ups and, and warming up for the championship match. Uh, we then get a Neville hype video where it starts with this great slow-motion uh, tight shot of Neville executing the red arrow. And, and it's just like beautiful and graceful. And Neville gives us a narration by saying, people often ask me, how on earth do you do that? And they also say, I've never seen anything like that before. It's like, well, to me, that's just me. And then we get the typical uh, vignette that highlights Neville's all-around awesomeness. Uh, so then we're shown Pat Patterson and Dusty Rose sitting ringside. Um, and then out comes Xavier Woods in a chopper jacket that looks about a size and a half, too, way too big. Um, and he's wet to death, looking like he just got his ass beat by an office water cooler. Just a total <laughs> lame. Um, then out comes Tyler Breeze doing his normal mic are doing his normal phone casting entrance except there's no selfie stick and there's different music there's yeah he he he, he doesn't have like like I, I think you're gonna be pleasantly surprised by tyler breeze over this first year and once the, the music he gets the music it all clicks wait a second look i know that he's good i just think that his gimmick is terrible no yeah watch okay <laughs> all right <laughs> Anyway, so like we said, there's no right set Fred rap. So we end up getting Xavier Woods versus Tyler Breeze. The crowd chants, Breeze is gorgeous. And then out comes Alexander Rusev. So he hits the ring, and then uh, Woods and Breeze club him. But Rusev uh, still gets to his shoeless feet. <laughs> uh, the eyebrows on Fleek Ref is actually the, will be rough in this match. He immediately waves off the match, and it calls for no contest and uh, calls for the bell. So then Rusev shows off both of these guys. He dropped Xavier with the, with the shoeless Machka kick, so now Woods needs needs toast for all of that toe jam. And then uh, he catches Zoolander with a front roundhouse kick for his troubles. So Rusev beats the piss out of these two goofs and then slaps on the accolade. And <laughs> and then Xavier just taps and taps and taps, but Rusev doesn't let go. You know, because around that time, Russo was only beating our brothers. Tough break, nigga. It's always FUBU. So Lana then, uh, in her accent, then comes out and says... People of America, rise, for, for this is the next generation. The super athlete, Alexander Rusev. And then Rusev finally lets go of Xavier and gets on the mic and, and then cuts some steely, dragonian uh, monster promo in Russian or Bulgarian one or two. Bro, I see that, and then I think about, like, where the fuck they shot him, like, literally his first year on the roster. I was like, this entire thing led to John Cena. Rem- better yet, remember... How much we hated yes. Rusev. Yes, we was like, this shit sucks. And then he started having a good match. We was like, okay, we get it now. And then, like, the matches kept getting better. Like, the one I remember in particular was like, well, two. Like, the match he had, or the one of the matches he match. had, I think the first match he had with uh, with Big E, where, like, Big E does that first time I remember, does that spirit through the middle rope, and it's like, yo, this is an awesome, like, you know, Giant versus Me monster match. Mm-hmm. Um,. And then, like, the Mark Henry match is also awesome. Mark Henry was crying during the National Anthem. And, like, then he, he comes out in the tank. You're like, okay, he's arrived. And beat him. Yep, <laughs> he's done. Beat him. 
Yeah. Like soon as soon as you get you finally get over with us. Nope. He they they yep, they ruined him. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to watch that WrestleMania thirty one entrance. Like I ain't watched it since. <laughs> I don't even that man, I remember that match being okay. That's when he that isn't that when Cena broke out the backpack stutter for the first time? Yeah, the, the, the stutter, I mean. Surreal. So it was like three and a half, three and three quarters, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Okay. I might have checked that out again. Thurs, I mean, WrestleMania 31 was one of those playing surprises. You're like, wait, this ain't going to be good. Wait, it's good? Wow. Thanks, WWE. Way to look out for you boys. <laughs> Way to go out there and have a good wrestling show. Yeah. You know. World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah. You know, go ahead. Clear that low bar for us. Thank you <laughs> very much. So. <laughs> How nice of you. <laughs> More talent anyone in the world barely having the best match. Barely barely <laughs> going out there having shows that are worth a damn. Barely. <laughs> anyway, so we gotta put the Undertaker Triple H back on the fucking card. Jesus yes, Christ. Forever. So Yeah. Like, is it never mind, I ain't gonna get into it. Um one of these days we're gonna have the real dead man. Like the dead man actually a, a whole cadaver out there trying to wrestle. Um Unreal. anyway, um we go backstage and see Bo Dallas preparing for his match. We get a video package of Bo being a, an annoying dork heel that, that thinks he's a good guy. Horrible. Yeah. Boy. Um, like, no wonder they, they didn't have this shit on TV while he was the champion. Like, they, and when, as soon as they got on, on TV, we taking this, this belt off this fucker. <laughs> We're going in another like, direction. Yeah. That whole point of, like, we gave him the title shot so we can build towards heck, people being looped. You know, throwing the babies in the air once it was real takes the belt off this moron. Anyway, so we're showing Larry Zabisco and, and um and Steve Kern or Kern uh sitting ringside. We get a main event uh hype video explaining that not only is this NXT's first ever ladder match, but neither Bo nor Neville have ever been in a ladder match. And then we're showing clips from dangerous spots from classic WWE ladder and TLC match from the past to let the viewer know that these two are in store for a lot of pain and danger is nice to touch. Yep. So out comes Shawn Michaels uh, with Bo Dallas's uh, NXT Championship belt. He proceeds to carry it down the ring the same exact way he would if it was 96 or 97. He then lays it down on his, uh, at his feet and then hits his pose for the photo op because he's a gimmick. <laughs> and and you know what I liked at- about this? This entire show, Bo Dallas didn't even touch the belt. You got a problem with that? Because I don't. I, no, I said you know what I liked about this show. Oh, okay. Got you, got you, got you. <laughs> Bo right. Dallas, he didn't even get to enter with the motherfucker. Like, yeah. Like, we ain't let you, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna let people see you hold the belt, like, live uh, on, like, on the new network. Like, once we go, once we go national, we ain't gonna, we ain't want you around this belt from here on out. Yes. We're gonna move into the main roster and squash it like a jelly bean. Anyway. So Sean goes out there and he acts winded uh, from the entrance. The crowd chants one more match. Sean says he's enjoying retirement. Uh, the crowd chants HB Shizzle. Sean laughs. He says he need, they need to get out a HB Shizzle shirt. Uh, the crowd does a yes chant. Sean jokingly says that all the chants are throwing him off because he's rusty with crowd control, so knock it off. <laughs> uh, he then plugs his Mr. WrestleMania DVD. He says that I have two kids to put through college, and gosh darn it, I need the money. This keeps him broke. You give somebody a lot to go crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it, look, if only those people knew what that one more match would be. 
Oh my God. Yeah. I'll think the same thing too. Sean finishes up by saying that uh, he's honored to be here tonight and we're about to see two very talented young men step into this ring, but only one will step into greatness. Boy, was that, if that wasn't ominous, like, <laughs> bruh, pop, like, think about it, like, pop in the last, what was that two or three weeks ago? He had a, he had a classic with, uh, with Osprey, right? Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> and meanwhile, Bo Dallas has been a joke for the entire five years since this match. Like, this match is like this the, the Tracy Brady James. Yeah, like this match is like the Tracy McGrady James Felton dunk from on that from that ABCD uh, Adidas camp. <laughs> Ruined that like, man. Like the man was a top recruit, never heard from him again. Yeah, like this dude's from the New York area. For those that know, like James James uh, Felton was like he's from that New York st- tri-state area, and he was like on par. Actually, he might have been above like Elton Brand and like Ron Artest and Lamar Odom, right? And then like he goes down to this Adidas camp in '96, and then like. There's some scrawny six. There's some scrawny kid uh, that comes out of nowhere that, that goes on to become T Mac, you know, two-time NBA scoring champion, and and he is a windmill dunking on this dude. And his whole career just went. His whole like career went to shambles. He like became an alcoholic and all that. Like so, yeah. Bo Dallas is, is James is James uh, Felton. Absolutely. My God. So. <laughs> So, both Dallas versus Adrian Neville, NXT uh, title match. Uh, Neville starts off hot uh, until Bo cuts him off by yanking him through the ropes. Uh, Bo hit, hangs Neville up in the tree of woe position, like, in, on the ropes. Bo gets the ladder and is trying to slide in the ring, but Neville ends up uh, baseball sliding the, the ladder into his face. Uh, Neville hits Bo with a slingshot crossbody onto the uh, entrance ramp. Bo shoves Neville into the still steps and then traps his hand against him. He, he tries to up against the apron by hanging his arm inside the apron skirt. It's like what? Like that 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 doesn't that ain't holding shit. Whatever. Anyway, so Bo gets another ladder and then charges down the ramp uh, to ram Neville with it. But Neville remembers, oh yeah, this is a ring skirt and it's made out of fabric. So then he escapes at the nick of time. Bo goes for the double underhook, but uh, but moves. But uh, Neville back body drops. I'm sorry. Bo goes for a double underhook move, but Neville back body drops uh, Bo onto the, the entrance ramp. Neville climbs to the second rope. Uh, Bo throws the first. He goes up the second ladder. I'm sorry, uh, but Bo ends up uh, throwing the first ladder into Neville and knocks him down to the mat. Uh, Bo jams the top of the first ladder into Neville's gut and then places the second uh, ladder's bottom rung over Neville's throat and then climbs up. Neville bench presses uh, up his side of the ladder and then Bo falls up and necks himself on the top rope. Neville climbs, and then Bo ends up uh, necking Neville on the top rope. Uh, they have a tug of war with the first ladder until Bo shoves Neville into the corner uh, by the gut with the ladder. Bo traps the first ladder between the bottom rope and the top rope. I'm sorry, the bottom rope and the middle rope. I'm sorry. It's actually the top of the middle rope. It's, it's important. Sorry about that. So um, he goes. He then goes and grabs Neville and goes to catapult his, his head into the ladder, but Neville ends up uh, wrapping his arms around the bottom rope. Uh, but so Neville ends up escaping, gets to his feet, and then delivers a uh, running DDT off of the trap ladder. Uh, they have a shoving match with the second ladder until the exchange ends with Bo pushing Neville backwards into the ladder, and then Neville falls, and then the ladder bounces off the top rope and then falls and hits Neville in the head. It looked brutal. Um, so then Bo clobbers uh, Neville in the corner with some repeated short clotheslines. 
Bo tries to give a running bulldog to the open down ladder, but Neville overpowers him and then runs him into the trap ladder in the corner. Neville steps up for or sets up the down ladder and then climbs, but Bo gets on the other side. Bo grabs Neville by the arm and he yanks him and pulls him head first into the still step or still ladder. Um, Bo gets Neville back down to the canvas and then tosses him out to the ring, but Neville ends up landing on the apron and then drops Bo at a roundhouse. Uh, Neville goes to the top rope for the for the red arrow, but Bo gets up and shoves Neville off the top rope. It sends him crashing down onto the apron, and he bounces off the apron and falls to the floor. Uh, so then Bo takes his sweet ass time, just so happy that he thinks that he has Neville just laid out on the floor, and then he slowly makes his way to the ladder that's already upright, and he starts climbing from his knees, and then all of a sudden, Neville springboards. <laughs> off the ropes, onto the ladder rungs directly above Bo. So then Bo gets behind, climbs up and gets behind Neville and then tries a German suplex off the ladder, but Neville ends up getting um, Bo off the ladder with some back elbows. Uh, Bo pulls Neville onto this, onto the uh, ladder. I'm sorry, he pulls one more time. Bo pulls Neville off the ladder in a front rack position and then does a running power bomb, a power bomb Onto the trap ladder in the corner. Seth Rollins would have approved this. Bo grabs the second ladder and then charges trying to make Neville the meat in a ladder sandwich. But Neville boots the ladder into Bo's face. And Bo ends up dropping the ladder. Uh, Neville then uh, hits the world's strongest slam. And slams uh, Bo onto that second ladder. Neville removes the trap ladder and then goes to the top rope and hits the red arrow on Bo. uh, Who was laying on top of the second ladder. Crowd pops huge, chanting NXT. Uh, Bo in, uh, ends up out on the floor, and then Neville sets up that second ladder and begins to climb. Bo gets back into the ring and it tries to climb, but it's too late. As Neville pulls down NXT belt, it becomes the fourth developmental brand's champion. I, I think it was more important that we got the right result. Uh, match was cool. Um, nothing like amazing or anything. The one thing no. I really liked about the match was Neville, the way he moved around the ring at that time, it was just so dynamic and fast. Uh, unlike thing, anything I had ever seen. Cause you know, my worldwide exposure to wrestling was pretty limited at that time. And he, you know, this is Neville before he had that deal where he broke his ankle. Um, right. and also, you know, just general wear and tear and, you know, him being older now, he's still like and, a spectacular and, guy, but he has less of a give a fuck then. Yeah. And also he was a top baby face at the time as opposed to like when he came back after the ankle break and he was a heel and he was still awesome, yeah. but he was still, he was a heel. And like, remember he's finishing matches, like forget the red arrow. He's finishing matches with superplexes. Yeah. And rings of Saturn. Yeah. So, um, the crowd gives a standing ovation. We get a shot of John Cena standing and clapping, and he's dressed in what had to be uh, a suit made by Vince's own personal suit guy. And then we get a final shot of Neville celebrating with the title. Yeah. Um, overall, a very important show in uh, NXT history. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it was a good show still, even to this day. Like, there was a, there's an absolute classic banger on there. Um and then there's two other matches that I would consider to be very good. So, or good or very good at least. So, and then other, everything else is like, you know, it doesn't go long. So, like, it's fine by me. But, that, like, they it definitely can't compete to what they're doing now on, on takeovers. Yep. Definitely can't. 
And then we got the modern NXT. Yeah. So, uh, what was the date on that? Was that, uh, what was the date from the last 30th, week? February 30th. So last week's NXT. Yeah. So out comes Johnny Gargano and he's super duper happy and he skips around a couple times and he realizes he looks like a total schmuck cause he lost the, the North American title just a week ago. So he comes down to the ring and says that um, Johnny wrestling, he's he's Johnny failure right now, um, but he appreciate. But Johnny champing's a lot cooler, and he's not only um, and he's doing Raw and his SmackDown, um, and he's but he says that uh, he needs to try to get back in his winning ways, try to get back uh, to success. But last time he's ever, or he only really had success NXT win, and then Champa's music comes out. It- Funny thing, uh, fans booed every mention of Raw and SmackDown Live. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> like, who are the people that only watch? I mean, I'm sure there are people, but who are the people that only watch NXT and then like screw the other two other uh, two brands? I'm who sure are there are those people. I'm sure there are plenty. There are many of them. You you think so? I mean, if you're really in NXT. I don't know. I think you see a difference. <laughs> and then there, I imagine there are people that, you know, say, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I, I can't handle what Raw is. All right. So, yeah, so Chamba then goes on uh, and he says that he's holding a title, but uh, Ch- but Gargano's not. And he concluded that the solution to this, and that's and it's okay that, that only one of them has a belt because there's a solution. The tag team tournament. Uh, so he says that we can enter and then we can have, we can challenge for the titles at NXT New York and we get, we make it our moment because, you know, he always talks about moments or whatever. He's like, we can make it our moment. Ciampa, and, Ciampa's coming up with every way to distract Gargano from the NXT title, even he, tagging with him while he's the world champion of the promotion. This is like a step down from Hulk Hogan putting Bret Hart with him in the NWO so he wouldn't have to fight him. Do <laughs> you know what it also reminds me of? It reminds me, especially because uh, he was just on Monday Night Raw. It reminds me of like what I hear is what happened with like Triple H was trying to pawn that, trying to pawn Triple uh, Batista off to to go to Raw or Smack. Which one was it? Was trying to get him to the other brand, right? Yeah, SmackDown. He's like, go fight JBL. Yeah, try to get him to go to SmackDown so he can fight JBL because he didn't want no smoke with Batista because he knew that he couldn't handle it. And the same thing was like, yeah, man. Like, not only am I not going to have a title match at NXT New York. Where I'm going to be in a match with you to make sure that you're champion, and therefore you can't get a match with me because I don't want no more problems. Because every time we wrestled, you whooped my ass until you did something stupid and end up losing because you self sabotaged. You're a dumbass, and but you're so dumb that I'm just gonna keep outsmarting you because you're dumb. So that's that's the whole storyline. Johnny Gargano is a fucking idiot, and he keeps getting outsmarted. It, it, and Champa said just enough of, of he bent the truth just enough to prey on this fragile-minded bastard, like this, bu- this buffoon, <laughs> this fucking moron. So <laughs> Johnny dumbass. So anyway, put that on a shirt. <laughs> The, the crowd the crowd did respect the story that they're telling and they were like damn near drop dead silent during this yeah yeah I mean so then he says after he does all that gaslighting and, and, and the head fuckery he um he always you know 
he says, extends the hand. He gets the handshake from from Johnny, and then sure enough, he rolls out the ring. Uh, and 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 he remember he follow my lead, right? He's been saying that on all these gas line promos for months. And what does this dumbass Johnny do? He follows his fucking asshole's lead. Oh my god, I'm so furious watching this. So you go backstage, um, and we get, I believe it was, uh, yeah, it's Ricochet. Bro, Ricochet backstage reading off the cue card, saying, explaining why like him and Aleister Black have beef with with the Undisputed Era, so they are going to uh, enter to enter the uh, Dusty Rose Classic so they can get revenge in the tournament, even though, one, they're not guaranteed to actually fight them because they don't know what the layout of the tournament is, and two, let's say you win. You already accomplished that, and it's like, uh, so, like, the objective is to try to stop them from becoming the tag champs again? That's kind of dickish, but whatever. Good this, wrestling matches, so whatever. This man was wearing a rejected outfit from the Billie Jean video. It was, it was like the inverted version of it, right? Uh, that's why I said a rejected one. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like Mike passed that one on the way up to to before he selected what he selected. I don't know, man. You really think you really think Rich was like? Look, I understand. Yeah, anything's off the tape. Anything's at play once you start wearing a bow ties on 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 um, national t- or television or network or whatever else. But do you really think he had the high waters? Yes, because Ricochet has been in the loafers before. Oh yeah, you got, he does wear those asshole shoes. <sighs> okay, can't, can't win them all. Yeah, apparently not. So, so then we get uh, we end up getting Shayna. I like sorry, we how Leah. we. Go I, ahead. I was gonna say I like how we stay clear of the bean pie jokes, but <laughs> <laughs> until you bring it up, right? Um, so <laughs> I'm now thinking about it now. <laughs> so Look, you think so? Did Ricochet so have think, a newspaper with him? I don't know, but I mean, anybody want to Google Brother Muzon? There you go. I'm moving on from there. Yeah. So we end up getting um, Mia backstage warming up. Dress to uh, wrestle and rob get... you at the same time. We'll do what? Dress to wrestle and rob you at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, so me and, uh, we get Shayna um, and Mia plug for later tonight, and then we also get uh, Dijakovic and. Um, and Lee plugged for the uh, plugged, so we go outside uh, outside of the full cell uh, building as Champa is leading, uh, still leading this dumbass Johnny around. He has a smile on his face, so he turns around and they the camera pans and it's Candice LeRae, Candice wrestling. Candice still right about everything. Yeah, uh, and she in in at this time when they pan to her, she looks like the living, breathing definition of over it, just done through. I can't. So, Champa just awkwardly slinks out of the picture and probably far, far away from this five star divorce fight he imagines Johnny is rightfully about to receive. So, Candace sarc- sarcastically says, Yeah, this again, huh? And then she, and then Johnny goes to say something, but then she cuts him off immediately by saying, Nah, mm-mm. Johnny then blurts out, Trust me. And then Candace puts up a hand and looks at him and says, I hope you know what you're doing. And then Johnny says, you, you just got to trust me. I got this. Candace rolls her eyes all the way to Daytona and then walks away before Johnny says, I got it one more time. Candace turns to scream on this damn dummy, but instead just walks away, hopefully to a kayfabe divorce lawyer. <laughs> she needs the kayfabe divorce is fool. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not saying you need to divorce in real life. I'm talking about on the show. This can't, 
No! No! This is stupid! She needs to divorce this man and focus on her and start getting her career all popular instead of worrying about this dumbass. Just I'm waiting. sorry. Just waiting. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we get a we get this subterfuge promo where uh, one of the announcers are backstage at, in front of Regal's door because he's trying to come up with and finish up the rest of the tournament bracket participants in the tournaments. And then all of a sudden you hear loud screaming and it's EO and it's Bianca and they're arguing. Um, and then we find out that uh, later on they're going to um, have a match in was it two or three weeks? Two weeks. In two weeks to determine who the number one contender is for NXT New York and Shayna. Look, I don't so, know. I, look, I know. Then I, I, we I, get Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. Hold on, bro. You skipped some, bro. What did I skip? That horrible tag team match. <laughs> okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> fuck. All right. So Vanessa Bourne and uh, Aaliyah with one A the, the versus gra- the great value Carmella. I don't know. I I'm, I'm not getting to that. Um. All I know is every time I see Aaliyah, I'm like, damn, she's really improved her physique. But then you I think about it, like, wait a second. She just has awesome physique. Why do I keep thinking she's improved it? Like, it always looks, she always looks like that. She she woke up like this or whatever. They, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm not Beyonce. So, um, then it's it's uh, Zia Lee versus Zia Lee. Who else? Who's her tag partner? Zia Lee and um, Tainara Conchi. Yeah, that's right. Conchi, who's like, you know. Who's she's now on a baby that, face. Uh, she's on. She is on that, uh, what do you call it? Uh, she is on that Nikki Cross. Like, she, sometimes she's a heel, sometimes she's a face, undefinable. She just goes with the flow. Right? So, they're having a shitty match. And uh, they're having a shitty match. Vanessa's, Vanessa is holding the, hold, she's holding the road. Tana's holding the road. Xylee's good, or was good in this match. Last week against Mia, she was not good. Um, because she was out there trying to wrestle, wrestle, and do transitions and holes and moves. This time they said, we're not doing it anymore. You're a professional striker. We're going to have you come out and do a bunch of striking and martial arts moves. And she was awesome in this match. So, basically, um, she gets her hot tag. She goes nuts. She's awesome in the match. She wakes up the crowd. And then... Immediately uh, the gets two, pinned. The two heels get her in the ring and finish her by botching their fucking finish. And pinning her. Congratulations. My God. Um, yeah, Vanessa the Vision Born. That, that's like a woman Rick Martell, that sounds like. Because, <laughs> you know, Rick Martell had the visionaries. Yeah. All right, is there anything else I'm missing before I get into that Jackovich match? Did you talk about the Dream wearing a sleeveless turtleneck sweater uh, outside okay. in Florida? Yeah, so then we go back. You know that boy the- don't give a fuck. Like... <laughs> Yeah, so we go backstage, or not backstage, we go outside with the Dream. I forgot what he was doing, but it was more subterfuge, subterfuge and, and so that the Undisputed Era can walk up on him and say, who are you Like, who are you to this look, overlook us? And then it's so funny because he says, you have such, he says to Adam Cole, you have such a big mouth for such a little man. And in, in the picture you see all of the fucking um, Undisputed Elves standing next to Velveteen, and he is literally a foot taller than all these geeks. <laughs> he, he, he looked like he was six feet tall. He looked like he was seven feet tall versus it. It looked like it was Shaq in a high school game. Anyway, so they they basically all get pie-faced and, they're, and, uh, and look like goofs. Uh, there was a particular line. I can't remember what it was, but uh, uh, who was it? It was 
I want to say it was O'Reilly who made some goofy um, exp- um, um, line that was hilarious. They explained it like they are classic 90s and 80s heels to where like, yeah, they're cool, but they are also really good at being made fun of. And they also can help sell how big a goofs they are and can be utterly beatable or unstoppable depending on the situation. They like they're but, great professional wrestlers, they, all four of them. They ain't nothing but, uh, the, Cobra, but the damn Cobra Kai down to the color scheme. It's a good point. I never thought about that. <laughs> so, so now can I get to it? Sure. I've been, I've been, I, I just want to get to it. Can we get to it, please? Anything yeah, else? Yeah, yeah, what else ahead. did I miss? You know, go ahead. Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. Man, before this match started, I said on the on the thread to y'all, um, look, I don't know if y'all, been, if y'all watched Rose Collide, but I did. And in the middle of Rose Collide, they started to unlock the offense, the the Dijakovic offense. They took the training wheels off. They wanted that man to do flips and be awesome instead of just being this fake-ass drago person. So, uh, and then I want to say probably like a week or two after that, he actually started doing more stuff too uh, in front of the NXT crowd. So this match was like sent him like, this is going to be a showcase. I can't wait. And it exceeded my expectations. This was awesome. I'm going to get into it. Uh, we got a lock up from, we got a lock up and a side, uh, headlock from Dijak. Uh, Lee shoots him off to the ropes. Dijak goes for a shoulder tackle, but neither man budges. Uh, so Dijak tells Lee to hit the ropes. So Lee does, and then Dijak tries to dive at his feet to close, uh, real close to the ropes. But Lee front rolls over, and then Dijak charges. So Lee sidesteps and olays him. So Dijak hits the opposite ropes and comes back. Lee leapfrogs him. Dijak hits the ropes again. Lee goes for a hip toss. But Dijak lands on his feet after the hip toss. The crowd applauses. Uh, Keith Lee sells this as if he sh- he's kind of surprised that a person that big can move like this. You just wait. <laughs> Lee's in- Lee's uh, is impressed. He extends a handshake, but Dijak shoves him and then puts his finger in his face. Keith Lee don't play that shit, so he immediately pops up pops up uh, Dijak onto his shoulders in, in front rack position. Uh, but then he goes backwards into the corner. So... Then Dijak goes for a monkey flip, and he and he ends up flipping him, but Lee lands flips all the way over and lands on his feet. The crowd erupts. Uh, so, and they did the camera angle. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I was getting at. I was trying to find out where I was at on this. I'm lost right now. All right, okay, I'm lost. I've, I've figured out where I'm in now. Okay, so get the monkey flip. He lands on his feet. Dijak, uh, we hear a standing ovation from the crowd. Uh, Dijak slowly turns around, making a face that uh, that John starts with describe as did this dude just did this? Correct. Yeah. Uh, Lee Lee ends up giving him the matumbo the matumbo finger and then bass in the applause and then Dijak is pissed. Dijak gets up and lands a big and loud overhand shot, but Lee no sells it. Lee laughs it off and then he hits his he uh, he hits. Big and loud double overhand chops that send Dijak to the corner. Uh, Lee charges in, but Dijak uh, gets a boot up to the face. Dijak goes to the second rope and delivers a jumping elbow. And then some clubs and forearms. Lee fires back with a punch uh, and then blocks a punch from Dijak. And then lands a knockout, a knockdown forearm shot that could have been heard all the way in Disney World. Uh, Lee uh, charges and lands another large forearm in the corner. Uh, Lee ends up front rolling Dijak, goes to the middle of the ring, hits the rope, comes back, and then hits a shoulder tackle that sends Dijak flopping like a salmon going upstream. The crowd applauses again. 
Uh, Lee goes for a back suplex, but Dijak flips all the way over and lands on his feet. Uh, you get more, so we get more uh, forearm shots and, and chops from from Dijak. Lee ends up blocking a punch, but Dijak this time lands a super kick and then a sit out choke slam bomb for two. Uh, the crowd chants both these guys. Dijak uh, then goes to the second rope again and it goes for that same jumping elbow, but Lee catches them with another set of uh, big, loud double overhand chops that sends uh, that lands. And I'm sorry, and then he ends up landing a huge, fully extended free accident for a near fall. The crowd chants NXT. Uh, Lee charges at Dijak, and uh, Dijak asks to get him on the apron. Uh, he ends up nailing Lee with some more big and loud strikes, and then he goes to hits the opposite ropes, comes back, charges, and then lands a huge tornado front kick that finally uh, knocks Lee off to the apron on the floor. Dijak still can't believe that this dude's on his feet still. So then he hits uh, Acai Moonsaw on Lee, and they both land on the entrance ramp. That shit was sta- nuts. We get a standing ovation from the crowd. Uh, um, neither man could get him back into the ring before 10, so we both get a double count out draw. Uh, the crowd boos the chance. Let's uh, let them fight because this isn't a counter straight out of a Godzilla movie. Uh, we end up getting a shot of Lee and, and Dijak, both angered that neither could p- put the other one away. Uh, during the replays, you can hear the crowd chanting uh, to restart the match, and they want Regal uh, because they want more Mothra versus Godzilla. Uh, then the Geek Rest assemble to try to keep keep them away because they're afraid they'll tear down the building. Uh, so then Dijak leaves saying, I'll see you later. Pray to God he sees him later. <laughs> so-, <laughs> <laughs> so two things uh, about this match. So there's a really great cut of a three-minute highlight reel of their PWG match from 2017 that is insane and makes you feel like you watched a whole match when you saw it. And B, um, this was like an old-school finish, and I hope these guys wrestle at TakeOver. See, now the thing for me is, and that's the same thing that Jeremy said. For me, I don't know if they can, if they can hold it off. I mean, they should. But can they? And also, you thinking with um with the added Walter and and Dunn match, will there be room? There might not be. I mean, I love them to do it because that'd, oh, that'd, that'd be a my, great opening my, match. My other that'd actual, be incredible opening match. My, my other actual point: Fire Baron Corbin. What is he doing on the roster? Oh my god! After you watch these I mean, guys, that goes without saying. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, mm. Yeah, man, like, this was, I don't even know how long this match was, but it was short, but this thing was excellent. Like, yeah, it was like six was or the, seven minutes. I was watching this thing live, and I was like, dude, I don't think I've ever seen a match get to four stars, and, and as far as, like, how awesome I thought this match was that quick ever. I don't think I've ever seen it. Like, maybe, um, maybe, like, the main event of All In, or, uh, what was that super quick match they had between Kushida and, um, and, uh, Hiromu and Saga. Yeah, the, it was like the... It was like the new beginning 2017, I think. And that's about it, right? Like, you know, you rarely see matches that get to this level. They like within like 90 seconds, you're just like, is this? Yeah. This match is awesome. I can't wait till they wrestle again. I, look, like, I don't think they can hold it off until New York, but I would love to be there for that because I have tickets to New York. And so do you. I would love to be there for that. Yeah. I mean, I might be kind of scary because, you know, the two monsters in the building might tear it down, but still, I want to, uh, love to see that. Like, imagine having, like, WWE has Keith Lee, Dijakovic, who's 6'7", uh, and Walter, and they still out here pushing, trying to push motherfucking Baron Corbin and Lashley. Yeah, you're fucking mine. Someone should be fired. 
Like, if this man sees that sees this that, that match, they'll be up tomorrow. They will be man inventing WrestleMania, Rich. <laughs> I don't know about all that, all that but um... all right. All you have to be like, oh yeah, about Keith Lee six three, and the, and and, and that the Dijak guy, he's six seven. All right, that's all he needs to hear. Anyway, um, I think what else is on that show, was on the show. Am I uh, anything between that and the main event? Uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey uh, coming out. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's so, right. I that's could, right. Sasha Banks came out and these marks lost it. Like, oh yeah, so yeah, so. Question. Sasha comes out. Question I have about the Boston Hug connection. So if Bailey is the mankind of this team and Sasha the Rock, why do they make their full entrance to the Bailey music? Because Bailey was a bigger star in NXT. What about the main roster? It's an NXT show. They have the same entrance. Oh, oh, okay. In that in that particular situation, when I, I used to think, okay, so Sasha, Sasha's the biggest star, so you play her music first. So then, why don't they then do that for the? the bo- no, the thing is, like, you get the get the pop to come out, and then Bailey is the one that's struggling on the main roster more than more than the other one. So she's trying to get the coastline. Like, oh, my friend too. Now it's a little bit more even because of like the way they've done these matches with like uh, Bailey having to kind of carry the team over the last few weeks. So, like, now they're more, like, on equal footing now. But, like, before then it was, like, look, it's Sasha, and she's bringing out her, her she's bringing out her sick friend. That's kind of, that's kind of what it was. She's bringing out her sick friend. Like, please, please be nice to her sick friend. So, so Izzy was crying um, out there, James. Oh. Hey, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bro. Hey. Oh, oh, let me, let me, I got, I got it. Just give me a second. Uh, Yeah, I, so. Yeah, I got a question for you when you start talking about that. Okay. So, uh. I'm gonna repeat exactly what I said on the uh when in the in the, in the one with uh Caleb. So, uh, the we end up getting the, them out there. Sasha comes out, then Bailey comes out. He, Sasha comes out. She get a she gets a pop like a god. Bailey comes out. It's it's on it's damn near like Stone Cold Steve Austin just came out this fucker. <laughs> so, uh, they come down. They see they see Bailey. The crowd's chanting, "Welcome back!" I would say they see uh. They see Izzy. Izzy and Bailey hug. Izzy's crying. James Boyd is crying. You're crying. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's like the greatest feeling ever. It's like this homecoming is back. Like well, it's, I, it's almost like it's almost like you know, so and so made it out of the hood. They made it to the league. They made some money, and now they and now they back for the first time forever. It, it was almost you know, it was like it was like is it, uh you ever heard of the Adrian Peterson day? Yes. Like once a year, they go to they, Palestine. They throw a parade for Adrian Peterson. It was like that, except like this was the first time they did it, and they didn't know if they were ever going to do it again. So they were so happy to see them. So I, I get my question was: so when Izzy retires, Bailey, will you cry? <laughs> Bruh, I, I, I'm not joking. I literally cried when she hugged her uh, while watching the show. I, I, I I'm an emotional wreck. I'm gonna feel like I'm watching. Like, look, man. Like, I, I my little cousin lives with me. He's six years old, and like, I'm almost like datafied. And like, at certain times, like, I just, I just can't control. Like, what the fuck is wrong? With me? What's going on? Like, and then I think, like, it's okay to cry. Like, stop letting toxic masculinity and fuck you up. But like, I just like, look, man. Like, I just couldn't hold it. I just, I was like, I'm so happy to see this. This is the greatest moment ever. This often happens with NXT 
well, like, yo, this is awesome. Uh, so, anyway, so, 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 so wasn't them winning the NXT tag, or excuse me, the women's tag team championships the best uh, case scenario? Imagine if Nia Jackson to me that oh walked out there instead. Why? Why? Why would it, who would want that? That, that? This is what people were saying going into it. Like, and you I, know, I the, a, a heel should win them and all this garbage. But I think the thing was they thought, or I mean, I think the thing was that people thought like, well, WWE always books heat and yeah. bullshit, so of course you're going to do, do what? Book more heat and bullshit. So they thought like, you know, they love to make a motherfucker chase, so they're going to chase him to WrestleMania. And it's like, my thing is, why would you make him chase WrestleMania when you know, like, if they're going to have if they're going to have the, a match with these titles ever at any point, they're not going to have it with they're going to put a Trisha Lita or a, or Bella Twins in this match. At WrestleMania, and you want to kind of have a good match, and you're not going to do that with Nia and Tamina. So, I don't know. Maybe push the popular women that are also talented in the ring. Just thought. So it's like they can dunk and shoot threes, like yeah, right, <laughs> and protect the rim. Yeah. So, so like, it was really fun. It was really weird to see uh, Sasha. Um, in front of this crowd because like I don't know like I don't know if she misses it I mean you know a lot of people talk about NXT like they miss being on the NXT but like she felt like a lot more comfortable on the mic as opposed to like you know I, I, look we love Sasha but we know that she can do the thing where like even though she's a baby face she still cuts pro the same similar to Charlotte where like she's a baby face now but she still cuts promos in this heel cadence that wasn't there tonight she was just actually like I'm back and I'm happy to be here, and I love y'all, and all that stuff. And they talked about they're going to defend the titles anywhere, including NXT. And if NXT women step up, then uh, then they will get a title match, and we'll be back here. I, I believe and, the the language she used was they are going all over the world. So James, are they going to defend them against the Queen's Quest? <laughs> no, they're not going to defend against Jan or or uh, <laughs> or who else was in that. No. They're not going to defend them against uh, Odell Ty or none of that. Nah, or Stars. Gotcha. No, I will. I will say this though. I it just had to know the rules. See. Yeah, and they're not doing that. They're not doing. Hey, that. could could you imagine if like they randomly show up to NXT and like Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne pulled a fast one on them for heat? I saw that shit because, like, I thought about the one women's tag team match that was on this show, and then I saw Sasha and Bailey, and I'm like. So you coming down here to fight them? Like, <laughs> I hope not. Shit. You know good and well who they're gonna wrestle. Why are you even playing like this? You know it's gonna be the Sky Pirates or you can't or, trust these people. That's why. I mean, you, I, I, I can trust them on NXT more. I can hit them the main roster. Are you saying the NXT? Are you saying that the main roster is booking it? Is that what you're saying? I would assume so. God. Well, let's thanks. get let's get let's shake it up a little bit. <laughs> th- th- thanks, Rich. Like, like my thing is this, right? You can't be out here having Mandy, Mandy and Sonya around, and they're both light years beyond Aaliyah and um and Vanessa, and then not actually like let them win the belts, even though they're more well known. They've been on the roster for the main year, and they're actually light years beyond. Like, all why would you do that? All of this makes sense, and then you remember they just pull up Lacey Evans out of nowhere. So. <laughs> Jesus this is this is well within uh you know the universe. Good point. Anyway, I'm moving on from there. So, 
Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler. I thought this match was great. Uh, or I, very good for a short match. I emptied my pockets during Mia Yim's entrance just to be safe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think of her new music? I thought it was some crank. Do you, do you like it more than the stuff she than the music she came out with uh, before this? I don't remember what she came out to before. Actually. I mean, it's just instrumental. Yeah, I, I it's always good when someone gets a theme. Keith Lee got new music too, which is like awesome. Yeah, but Keith Lee's rapping on his own thing. Like, how real is that? Like, <laughs> like that that's what he used to do in the Indies, and it made it feel like it was like it was on. And then I like he was around for like pretty much all last summer till then till essentially now, and it's just some wasn't right. Hey, well, I'll say this though, right? We have heard other people rap over their own interest music before. Um, yeah, Michael Tarver. It was not good. <laughs> so, um, anyway, um, Shannon Benz versus Mia Yim. Uh, Shannon gets a double leg and then throws some strikes from full guard. Uh, Mia ends up duck- dodging a punch and then uh, Shannon injures her right hand on the canvas. Uh, Mia goes for Oklahoma roll for two. Mia then gets her own double leg of her own, and then throws a strike from full guard. Shannon um, rolls out the ring. Mia hits the ropes, and then uh, Lance Tope, Suicida. <laughs> uh, Mia whips uh, Shannon into the still steps, but Mia's bad right, and then puts my, my God, and then puts Shannon's bad right hand onto the steps, and then stomps on it. Uh, Mia goes for a penalty kick, uh, and but Shayna ends up moving, and then uh, Mia ends up nailing the steps and hurts her right leg. Uh, Shayna rolls Mia into the ring, and it stomps on Mia's uh, bad right leg, and it slaps on a brutal-looking knee crank that, as Mia screams in agony. It's almost full circle because like that knee crank looked exactly like the one that Cesaro was putting on Sammy uh, in the takeover match. Uh-huh. Or, sorry, the arrival match. So um, Mia kicks Shayna... Shanna's back trying to escape, so Shanna flips her uh, around, and then like Shanna stomps her ankle, or should I call it Dakota Stomp? Which one do you want to call it, Shanna or Dakota Stomp? Which one? I'll, I'll just go with the Shanna Stomp because all right, we'll let Dakota right. recover in peace. Yeah, yeah, get well soon, geek. <laughs> <laughs> so Shanna tells the ref, uh, or tells the ref to ask her if she wants if she'll quit, um, uh, but she doesn't. So Shanna gets my uh, Mia's back and then goes for a choke, but. Mia grabs Shanna's bad right hand uh, and then is escaping. Um, Mia then goes for that knee stutter deal that she has, but Shanna turns into a heel hook. Uh, Mia gets the roast, but Shanna doesn't let go into the four count, and then Mia rolls out to the apron. So uh, Shanna goes to get Mia, but Mia ends up necking her on the top rope, and then she lands on Xavier Rose looking like bottom rope springboard to Tornado DDT. <laughs> um, and then Shanna is down in the corner. And Mia charges, but her bad leg gives out. So Shanna gets up smiling, and uh, Mia tells Shanna to give her a running knee. So Shanna charges, but Mia rolls out the way. And then uh, schoolboy Shanna for a two-count. Uh, Mia lands a, a headbutt and strikes, uh, but re-aggravates her leg with every strike she throws to that bad uh, leg, including the Pele kick that drops Shanna. But she takes so much time to recover from her leg that she only gets a two-count. Um so then Shayna lands some strikes and then hits her gut-rich suplex slam for a two-count. Um, Shayna lands a couple of mid-kicks and it goes for a third, but Mia catches her by, um, and gets underneath her underneath and then lifts her up into power proposition and then lands a big set-up power bomb for two. So from there, uh, Mia uh, then ends up getting caught into the choke 
and she goes and actually tries to escape with the bad hand again on, on Shayna. But this time, uh, Shayna ends up uh, right, or basically wrapping up her legs and straight jacketing her legs so she can't get it. And then she hits, uh, she ends up uh, locking in the coquina clutch, or sorry, the carefully clutch. And Mia has no choice but to tap out. So, yeah. In, in wrestling, you can like use your mind or your body to have a great match. This was a battle of minds as much as it was uh, physical, the hand setup, the foot setups, and all the way down to the finish where they pull the arms back. And it's funny that you like uh, conflated the uh, Coquina Clutch and the Carafuda Clutch because I'm like, man, uh, Shane is kind of like the Samoa Joe of the women, <laughs> like, and like, um, and, and Mia Yim continues like she's like the thinking woman's wrestler. She comes up with new ways to cover for her lack of athleticism every time I see her. And I thought the finish was incredible by Shayna. Yeah, man, like, this was, like, the good storytelling. All the good storytelling, as opposed to the, you know, we gotta go the, and the tell cover. a story, and it has to go 20 fucking minutes. Like, the, the, I think this I think this match was, like, maybe, like, 10 minutes long. 11 minutes. The, the, and they went in there, they told a great story, it was physical. Uh, like, it, it was excellent, and, like, I wonder how many times they've done this type of match, like at a at like a shimmer or whatever that I'm unaware of, or how many times they've had they've talked about this match or having this kind of match, like because this was perfection. Like I, I I saw this match on the lineup for the main event. I was like, I don't know, because you know Shayna Shayna's good, but like if she has somebody that she can kind of bully, and I mean they had that good match in the in the first Mayan Classic, but. Like they had been a while ago, so I didn't know if they could like do it. This is better than that um that match for I remember. A lot yeah. better. So I mean both matches were good, but I thought this was a very good match. I thought the first one was just good. Yeah, overall, man. I I thought this was a fine show of NXT, uh Yeah, man, I really enjoyed the show. I mean, and another thing is like it's an hour, like people in and out quick, whatever else, like, they hit, like, they had four major, uh, things that get into and they all gotta, like, they gotta gotta make this shit make sense with what happened on SmackDown and making, like, DIY baby faces on, on, on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, they, they accomplished that. Uh, they got over, um, these two new people they need to get up because they're gonna lose, you know, like, Aleister Black and Ricochet and Ciampa and Gargano, like, in the next few months. Uh, they got a match out of Shayna, like, and also they showed up and showed a new agenda of we're bringing in, you know, former, and we we're having a homecoming, and I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and, you know, they, they booked a couple matches coming up with EO and Bianca. Uh, I'm sure Riddle will be showing up again in the tapings. Uh, the what do you Rose. think he's going to do a takeover? I know, but I'm not going to tell you. Is it, is it? Am I going to be? Am I? Is it going to like t- tell you everything that's going to happen by a spoiler or no? Um, I mean, well, I think I know who it is. I mean, maybe, yeah, I like he's he's he has a match. Let's just say that he has a okay. singles match, and, right. it's, and it's going to be it's it's going to be interesting because there's not a whole lot of experience there. So, <laughs> uh, and that and that probably uh, will give it away. But um, 
Yeah, man. So make sure you guys are rating and reviewing us on iTunes, Podbean, wherever you guys listen to us. Tell your friends about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our friends at powerslam.tv, uh, the sponsor for this program. Links in, in the annotation. If you're a fan of independent wrestling, they have over 4,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code Social Suplex to get your free month's trial. Don't forget to visit us on Pro Wrestling Tees as well. www.prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex. Pick up your One Nation radio shirts. You're keeping the strong style shirts your ricky and clive wrestling show shirts and as well as the social suplex podcast network overall shirt uh and then give us another visit over on patreon.com slash one nation radio where you can follow the road to 173 and oh uh as i'm going there so it's about time to do another episode on that so this will be the fifth episode goldberg's a superstar already at this point by the way <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yes well, how many how far are we in now at this point so I, I believe he's in the 20s, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. So it's like the end of January 98. Okay. All right. So uh, make sure you guys are checking out all the other shows here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Of course, One Nation Radio here on Sundays. Uh, keeping it strong style with Jeremy and Josh. All Things Elite on Saturdays. The Omega Luke Wrestling Podcast on Mondays and Thursdays. Grown Men Watch This Shit every other Wednesday on uh, the Social Suplex Podcast Network as well as the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show on Wednesdays. Uh, and also Fridays, James with NXT, then now forever. So uh, anything, anything else, James, where we get up out of here today? No, um, I will let the people know that I will not be taking this copious amounts of notes um, or detailed of notes. Again, I will cut this thing down. My, my plan for the show is for it to be basically 10 minutes for every hour of, uh, of, of, of a week that we have. So if it's a two and a half hour takeover, um, we want to shoot for uh, that show being covered in like 25 minutes or less. Um, and then take over uh, the normal NXT is, you know, an hour. So that we should be able to get through that thing in like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever else. So like this was uh, just a trial process. I wrote a bunch of notes, but I didn't want to miss anything. And then like I wrote all these notes. I was like, well, may as well use these things. So, um, <laughs> but in the future, we will not be going through all of this. Yep. So uh... this is a lot of ground setting we had to do because of, you know, kind of, People don't remember where things were. This is a starting point, so we had to kind of uh, detail it for people. Yep. Uh, but yeah, man, um, we will be back on Tuesday night uh, on LOP Radio with our Raw and SmackDown review. And keep rocking with us on the road to WrestleMania. And we've got some big social suplex news coming shortly. So uh, stick with us. We will see y'all next week. Peace. Later. Thank you for listening to One Nation Radio. We'll see you next time.